That moist feeling you have in the air isn't from your panties. It's from the Red Leaf Retrocast in your earbuds. Hello. Oh, Welcome my. Welcome to That's a lot different than the first take. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one better. Oh, God. Well, I'm, I'm your host, JD, joined here with two amazing hosts, good friends, Kevin and... Colin! Back again, baby. All right, we got a fun episode. It's been uh, about a bit a few weeks. We got PSVR talk. The '90s are back, mm-hmm. hence a lot of '90 references here. And then our theme today is platformers. My pick. I haven't had one in a while. <laughs> All right. Did everyone have fun playing the games. Yeah, for sure. Plock, 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 plock. Well, we'll get to that one. Oh boy. <laughs> plock. Oh boy. Blinks. He's my favorite communist little executioner. Yeah, it was very interesting. Got some good stories uh, to tell about some of these games. Interesting trials and errors, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't play I didn't play trials, you liar. Ooh, I had I had I had some trials playing all of them. <laughs> oh, come oh, on. It was a very interesting personal experience with all these games. There was no 3DO games this time, so it was already a good episode. <laughs> Why you why uh, you gotta be hating on on retro games, Kevin? Because that's not uh, th- those are movies. What you didn't like? Not... You didn't like the mystery one where with the uh, psychic detective? <laughs> I didn't think I had to answer that. So. <laughs> Turns out that's also on PS One. Really? So I didn't have to like waste my time with that. But the but that's the inferior version. Oh, good. There's a superior version of that game. I'm glad. <laughs> Good to know it has legs somewhere else. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Kevin, you've been playing Monster Hunter. I've been playing a whole lot of stuff that I'm actually filming 
I'm going to plug myself here. I've been doing like a thing called the, I'm going to stop calling it a, a vlog. It's like a, it's just like a G vlog of like things I've been playing. It's called a gaming vlog. Get it. That's the G. And I've been playing, I've been dabbling a bunch of shit, but Monster Hunter, I hate Diablos. He's mean. He hurts my feelings and my body. <laughs> uh, what else have I been playing? Persona 5. I'm balls deep in that. Nice. Which is a nice way to put it. And then I started something uh, kind of weird. You ever heard of, well, you all know the story of Joan of Arc? Yes. Yes. Or if you're a friend, Jean de Arc. The, uh, the PSP RPG? <laughs> yeah, I'm playing that. It's... It's quite literally Fire Emblem, but without permadeath, which some people may like, some people may not. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty fucking cool. I'm playing it on Vita, though, because I'm cool. Ah. Uh, so it's, I'm trying to get all the, the life of my store, Vita. Then? Yeah, it was like two bucks. I'm trying to get all the life of my Vita before it <laughs> stops being supported by Sony. Uh, yeah, and it, was, it's, it seems odd that Sony would stop supporting it altogether, because in Japan it's still doing well. Well, they here's the thing. They've said they're going to stop supporting it like four times, so I don't even know what it means. It's like first they said like uh, we're not going to bring any more first party games to it, and I was like, oh, it's not going to get any more PS Plus games. But Japan's just like, yo, you want hentai waifu seven dating simulator? <laughs> we got a Vita exclusive. Oh boy! Like, yeah. So I, I don't really think it's especially with like the whole hacking community. I don't think the Vita's going to die anytime soon. So I just love this thing. But yeah, Monster Hunter is cool. I haven't gotten any of the Horizon Zero Dawn stuff yet, uh, because I'm trash. What's your weapon of and choice? Switch axe. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good beginner's. That's a good beginner's weapon. Yeah, I, I it's a beginner weapon, but I've been playing Monster Hunter a little bit, and I, I don't know. I just like the the way it looks when you transform from an axe to a sword, and then in this one you can do that like explosion thing. Oh, absolutely! I, when I it, when I it looks so metal. When I first got uh, this new Monster Hunter World here, uh, I started mm-hmm. with the switch axe and then moved on to. The insect glaive. That's is it, that's uh, projectile. No, that's the uh, that's the the spear oh, no, where you bounce staff. around a lot. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't use anything projectile in Monster Hunter. It's too complex. The shooting's not good. <laughs> I don't think. But yeah, I want to. I need to try something else because this the whole Diablo's thing. My switch axe is like too slow for it. So I think I gotta like I don't know, try. Are you using iron weapons or are you using bone weapons? I guess it would be iron, and I go poison, and then I have the bug use paralysis. So kind of, right. it's a good mixture of things. Whether if it, if the poison doesn't work, then the paralysis will, and vice versa. Right. Yeah, I, I always go bone because I, I feel like it's easier to get stuff for it other than you know mining down rocks a lot, which I, I don't know. I can never find enough. Yeah, mining down. Oh, rocks I know exactly where to go. The geologist over yeah. here knows where to, where to find all those rocks and minerals. <laughs> yeah, well, geology's for people who are nerds, so there. <laughs> okay. Hello, pot <laughs> me kettle. Is that supposed to be an insult? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just want to feel better about myself. Just let me have this. <laughs> well, you currently yeah, have a job, the... so, and the geologist does not. <laughs> I'm about to have two, so, jeez. <laughs> And I just got to... It's like a very small side gig, but... Right. Not nerdy enough. We'll move on. Oh, boy. <laughs> Colin, what have you been what playing? You been... Uh, what have you been up to? Aside from the podcast games, I've mostly been sinking time into Horizon Zero Dawn. Beautiful. So addicting. One year anniversary just happened, by the way. Yeah, I noticed. It's really cool. Did you get the free dynamic theme and all of the avatars for your PlayStation? I don't... Yeah. 
didn't even know about those, but oh yeah, I'm go get it right now. Yeah, you can go on the PSN store, PSN right now, and get a free Dynamic Horizon Zero Dawn theme, and it's pretty sweet. Been I have it on my PlayStation, cool. Along with a bunch of avatars, which I will pick one pretty soon as well, because I've been sporting I that Shadow of the Colossus that. avatar for too long now. You know, you can make your own in the PlayStation app. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that till recently. Cool. Yeah, it's better than spending two bucks on a on an avatar <laughs> money yeah. right yeah is it the share factory theme is that what i'm looking at uh, no oh, anniversary so the share theme. factory are like videos and whatnot that people post mm-hmm. and then playstation picks kind of the best one and that becomes a temporary theme oh. uh hmm. so horizon zero dawn has one and then so does monster hunter world cool mm-hmm. yeah time to get both of these <laughs> I said before that Horizon Zero what else, Dawn... What else, Kevin? Or Colin? <laughs> yeah, just quick note. Kevin and I... Colin, that's not going to confuse me at all. <laughs> nah, just call me, like, dick fart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said before that Horizon Zero Dawn was like Tomb Raider meets Nier Automata, but now it's more like Far Cry meets... Meets Tomb Raider, meets Nier Automata, meets a little bit of Shadow with Colossus, meets Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> That's way too many. Well, that just means that Horizon is that unique. <laughs> Best game ever, ten out of ten. All right, it's like an eight yeah. out of ten, but still a very good eight out of ten. Nine. I. I mean, I put it more closer than nine out of ten. Ah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But in my real how, life, how far? How far are you? Oh, I. Uh, I've just gotten past getting to Meridian and done a bunch of the, uh, the side missions from there. Okay, so you've and kind of reached the halfway point. Yeah, I've gotten three tall necks so far. Yeah. And two cauldrons. I've gotten one tall neck in that whole game. Oh, Kevin, come on, man. Get on the HZ. I <laughs> I don't know how to play Vue. Oh, man. Uh, Horizon just uh, just reached 7 million sold. Really? I, I, believe, I believe, if I remember the article correctly, that it's the most... the highest-selling PS4 exclusive now. Ooh. Very nice. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. So what, I mean, it, I mean, it outsells every Xbox One exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we going to now, with the success of this, get the sequel to Killzone Shadowfall? <laughs> uh, Killzone is done. Horizon's now taken Shut over. Shut your mouth. I don't. Dude, there was like you. seven Killzone games. Just calm your tits. There were. First <laughs> off, you need to be wrong somewhere else because there were six. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So why don't you uh, stick that in your butthole? That's like people complaining <laughs> about. That's like people complaining about Mega Man like not existing anymore. I was like, what? Twenty five games isn't enough for you? Yeah, you know what? I when we I think we talked about it on here. I was like, there hasn't been a good Mega Man since like nine. I'm like, yeah, there's only been like forty DS games and like twenty GBA ones that you <laughs> guys are ignoring. But six was the last one. Then how come the one they're making is called nine, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, Mega Man one through one through nine. Then there's the X series, and then there's the port, and then there's the the portable ones. Then there's all the offsets of like Mega Man Soccer, which no one talks about. <laughs> Listen, feels over reels, man. Ah, yeah. That's how people work nowadays. <sighs> yeah, there's just there's just sometimes when a game just outlived its welcome. Not saying Mega Man. Not saying I hate to say not it. saying Mega Man didn't outlive its welcome, but goddamn, there was a lot of them. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there were, there were, and I love Mega Man, but 
I love it enough to know that like, look, you guys kind of chunk those out way too fast, and people got sick of them. But, you know, you gotta you gotta let the pot cool a little bit before you take a bite. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm wondering when this new one comes out, what is going to be so different about it that people are going to lose their it, mind? 2.5D and nostalgia. God, that's all you need. <laughs> is it coming out in the Switch? Yes, I think it is. Profit. That's Profit. it. Profit. People will buy it just because it's on the eShop. Well, at least Konami doesn't doesn't own the rights to Mega Man. Fuck. Oh, that would be that'd be fucking hell. I would love a Metal Gear style Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, they turn it into zombies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, before that one, <laughs> like snake, like Snake Eater levels of Mega. Oh, that'd be a cool mod. Somebody should make that. God. All right. Before we Konami's get Konami's done. Before we get into done. Before we get into that, I have some real life stuff to update you guys on. Okay. Did you get a You're job? Pregnant. <laughs> Actually, yes. I actually got a new position at my uh, at my company. I am hey. yeah, I am no longer a technical records technician, which was basically data entry. I am now a publications technician. Whoa. Which is Whoa. a mean? lot more involved. I basically like keep all the uh, the manuals up to date. I'll like update the online versions, the, uh, the physical versions. I uh, oh good, all the stuff I checked with my last job. <laughs> I check. Uh, so you gotta, so you gotta check. You gotta do a lot of the the safety stuff as well. Yeah, like update that, update that area. Yeah, stuff like that. They just give me the stuff to insert as updates, and then I I make the changes. I don't write them, I just publish them. Right. Okay. Of course cool. I, yeah. I also have to keep keep a supply of iPads for the pilots to use in the in the planes. It's basically like I take the old ones in and wipe them and then issue out new ones to them, which is more time consuming than it sounds. No, I believe Your it. guys' jobs sound really complex and scary. <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> Yeah, plus I kind of got tossed into a really busy time with only about a week of training, so I'm kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a sink or swim type deal for me so far. Ah, uh, the great the great areas of the workforce. <laughs> Pretty much. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. It's just yeah, so they, much fun. Yeah, and then when, it, when the time comes, were you ever trained? Trained on what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. Two years later. It's like school. <laughs> but. It's like school, and they were like, "You guys should have learned this. You guys will learn this next year." What do you mean, you guys didn't learn this last year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything's all backwards. But yeah, it was like, "It's not my problem." Oh boy. But as is life. Okay, this is my fifth time saying "but." Can I please talk now? <laughs> <laughs> I know you like butts, Kevin, but try to try to keep it to a minimum, okay? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. They've also hired on a second guy doing the same stuff as me so that we can alternate hours and keep the workload evenly distributed. So the only problem is I have to actually train that guy because I'm the only one who knows any in-depth about what I'm doing. But it's going to be a learning process for the two of us because I've seen the stuff. I've seen some of the stuff happen, but haven't actually gotten around to doing the stuff. However, I took copious notes during my training and I still have the ability to text the old guy before he has to go back to the UK. So, I'm not completely wow. SOL. 
yeah. workforce bullshit. <laughs> it never ends, no matter where you're at. Pretty much. <laughs> but somehow I feel more energized as a result because I feel like it's not it's not the kind of intimidating where I want to curl up in a corner and cry. It's more like, gotta strap on my big boy pants and get this shit done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's adulting one hundred and one, is it not? Like, at least, the t- at least uh, w- from the way it sounds, uh, the time would pass pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Sometimes I even end up working a couple of hours overtime without even realizing it. You getting paid though, right? Oh yeah, yep. I'm getting paid more than what I was at oh. in Tech Records. There you go. But you get paid overtime for your overtime, or else fight. And I get to keep all my benefits. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to job interviews, and they're they're just like, "Oh, I ha- I see you have seven years' experience uh, engineering fields. Mm, oh, we've worked internationally. You speak three languages fluently. Uh, how does thirty-one thousand a year sound? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sucks. I could go work at Tim Hortons for more money. <laughs> yeah, really. But they won't hire me because I'm overqualified. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, but. So I'm on the opposite end of that. Well, anyways, games. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to say. You're not done? Not yet. Not yet. I want to say I just turned the big 3-0 a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. We got two members now 30 years old on this cast. Yeah. (laughs) Happy belated birthday, JD. Yeah, belated to you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look at you two growing up. (laughs) Yeah, I (sighs) I got to spend the weekend in Toronto with my parents, my brother, his wife, and my nephew. We had a fun time. Did you guys play games? <laughs> I went. Well, sort of. We did an escape room. Oh, did That's you actually game. murder somebody? <laughs> nope, but Dracula was oh. coming for us. <laughs> we what had a Dra- lame escape room. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the escape room would be like you're getting murdered and you have to escape. Ah, we're about to get murdered by Dracula, so we have to get out before that happens. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Man, it happened in Romania to me at least three times. <laughs> it happened at my uncle's like twice. <laughs> Kevin, are you insinuating your uncle's a vampire? Uh, vampire, that's a word. Yeah, we could use that. Blood oh, sucker? <laughs> he definitely sucked. Uh, <laughs> that means two things. <laughs> yeah. My uncle is a nice man. I just want to throw that out there. He is not weird done. <laughs> yeah we also went to the keg oh i love that place for those who don't know it's a high-end steaks. steakhouse yeah yeah and then stayed the night in the sheraton and my parents actually gave me a check for three thousand dollars for my birthday 30th you want to share that with your good friend jd <laughs> i'm probably going to be pouring it all into a trip to japan at some point uh, that's about how much it costs <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking it should of, cost anyways. I'm thinking of taking one of the Paxet tours, uh, tours to Japan. The only problem is the one I've got my eye on would be like two weeks, and I only have two weeks vacation for work, mm. which means I probably wouldn't be able to go to something like Colossal Con or Yomacon if I did go this year, or Disneyland, Disney World, I mean. That's right. That's in Japan too. <laughs> I mean, Florida. Well, there is a there is a Disney World. <laughs> There's also one in Paris right. that I don't know if that closed or not. Actually, huh? It Although for 
Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. But for the cons... Which is weird to see outside of the U.S. Yeah. For the cons, I'd for probably... cons? I... Go on. I think my my job schedule is actually pretty flexible. If I were to work like an extra day for a couple of weeks, then I'd be able to do those cons. Just like an extra day, take a day off the, the next week. Because, you know, Colossal Con and Yomacon are like four-day cons. Right. Yeah. So maybe I'll still be able to do those if I go if I make the decision to go to Japan, which I have until April to do. But if not, then I'll probably go next year in March. But if I this trip I'm thinking about would be in July, which is the peak traveling season, which might hurt my chances of getting on a standby slot on a flight out there with my flight benefits because so many people are going to want to be traveling in July. And who knows if I'll be able to get to Japan in time for the tour. I think I, you could swing something. Maybe. I mean, somebody... I mean, I think it was my, my sister-in-law. She suggested... She knew somebody who had a similar situation. They ended up, like, booking a bunch of flights... A bunch of slots in advance because you don't get billed until you travel. So if one of the flights falls through, I don't get charged. But I, that's a that's a big thing. That's that's going to take a long time to talk about. So we'll probably just move right. on. Yeah, moving on. Um, there was a big PlayStation sale. Uh, Kevin, you said you got one game for a couple dollars. Anybody else get anything? Eh, I don't think so. I was working a no. bunch of. I've actually working a bunch of overtime. I've actually reached a nice happy point in my collection. Where I can look at a sale and go, I don't need anything. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I, yeah, I've been, I've been in a very similar circumstance for quite some time myself. Uh, however, on this last sale, uh, it just so happened to coincide with the PlayStation VR dropping to a limited two hundred dollars. Oh, along with a ton of its digital games on sale for. Up to like ninety percent off on on a, quite a few of them, such as I expect you to die. <laughs> if you guys are familiar with that one, sounds familiar. I know the line from James Bond. <laughs> That's well, <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's based off of kind of the spoofy James Bond thing where you're stuck in an area and you have to try to escape, doing kind of spy type stuff. Oh, and nice! It's a lot of trial and error of basically you dying over and over again until you don't die at the end uh that was only like a couple dollars i got uh the bomb defusal game oh oh yeah nobody explodes yeah yeah i remember that one yeah i was thinking about what you meant that one's a lot of fun i had a friend over and we were we we played up to the last bomb in chapter five of seven nice so basically you get you're given a bunch of modules on this on this box which is of course a bomb mm-hmm. and one person has the vr set on looking at the bomb and the other has a manual in front of them yeah yeah it's really cool i do like that that website for that game is called bombmanual.org. oh yeah <laughs> when the nsa is like searching your shit they're gonna be like oh, oh it's like no it's a video right. well luckily uh the manual is all on the tv screen so the person with the second uh, controller is just going through the manual that way oh man i, I don't have to have any shady sites that way 
<laughs> bombmanual.org but chill it's for a game yeah <laughs> you, you gotta do that so the nsa is like all right you good yeah i got uh i got a real interesting uh puzzle game called static s-t-a-k-i-k no s-t-a-t-i-k there we go i can huh. spell interesting <laughs> i don't think i've heard of it's that a one. it's a puzzle game where uh you hold the controller and in the vr that where the controller would be is this bomb attached to your hands. So your hands are kind of in the bomb. So you just see the guy's wrists oh, yeah. going into this device. <laughs> and the whole bomb itself is a puzzle that you have to unlock. This hmm. sounds weird. It's it's really cool. I, I, I It's definitely one of the, the best VR game experiences because there's a story unlo- unfolding in front of you with this scientist dude talking to you He's like, okay, here's your next puzzle. Uh, and then he has this, like, cryptic language he keeps showing at you. And there's uh, things, like, placed in the room. And it doesn't tell you that. So when you get to the set, the first puzzles, the tutorial, essentially. And the second puzzle is, like, you have to not just look at the box in front of you. You have to also look at the room around you. Because that gives you clues on how to unlock the bomb. So, like, each button on the controller does something different on the bomb. Or a combination of buttons will do something different on the bomb. It's 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 a really interesting game, and then the ending uh, was actually pretty fun. It scared the there. There's a moment where it just something slaps you in the face, and you just and, and the game kind of goes close your eyes. So I thought it meant like put the the bomb in front of your eyes, and the next thing you know, I got slapped. And oh. I went, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> That's random as fuck. Wow. <laughs> Somehow it remind, um, that reminds me of the "Don't Touch Anything" game by Devolver Digital. It's just a whole bunch of different uh, things that, that can happen. That sounds familiar. Yeah, Markiplier played it. <laughs> it's just okay. Get left in a room with a big gray box with a big red button on it, and then a guy off screen. Oh, says, that one. Yeah, he's like, "Don't touch anything. I'm going for a coffee." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you, what happens if you touch stuff? May I ask? Oh, it depends on what combination of things you touch all at once. Good. And then you'll. In some cases, you'll get like a, a monochrome screen showing a nuke going off over a city, or you'll, uh-huh. you'll end up doing like a papers please style accept or reject type thing. Uh-huh. It's it's really neat. It's like all this different stuff you'd probably never think of. Chances are you won't get all of it in the, on the first try, but it looks really fun. Well, continuing on the VR talk because that was kind of my segue into PlayStation VR and where it stands now, because yes. of the sale. Uh, I, I The numbers haven't come out on it, but I hope I hope the, the, the temporary price drop helped sales, because as of now it stands that the PlayStation VR has sold $2 million, uh, in just over its first year. Oh, yeah. Um, we're about at that year-and-a-half mark, so PlayStation, VR itself has been out for a year, that's usually about the time it takes for companies to start really getting a handle on the technology a little bit better. Hmm. Bear in mind, of course, that you know a year or two prior, with a lot of the de- the dev kits for VR, uh, they had time to work with it. The difference being that a lot the the major companies aren't working with them; they aren't really releasing titles. the The biggest one we've seen is Resident Evil Seven has a VR option to play which is outstanding yeah 
I, I spoke highly about it in the Games of the Year cast. Now, there ha- that's not to say that there hasn't been major releases, but we st- we're still seeing a lot of shovelware, tech demos, or shortened games. Because indie companies can't really pump a lot of money and time into a major release. Yep, for sure. But we are getting some interesting ideas behind it, such as uh, a lot of the cross-platform VR games. Because let's face it, VR kind of is its own console. Yeah, pretty much. It's just what kind of VR do you want? Do you want the HTC Vive, which is more or less the best uh, VR set, but it requires an entire room setup, and there's not that many games on it. Oculus requires a high-end computer... And PlayStation VR is the most accessible, but you need a PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of has its benefits and drawbacks. But focusing on PlayStation and its VR, the sale uh, really put it put it in perspective to me of how many games are actually out there for VR, and yeah. what's considered what's considered good and bad and the ugly. So, well, Kevin, what what at this point, what what, what are your thoughts? The problem that I have with PlayStation VR is I also want to define what a game is because, like you said, all I see when I look at VR is you get the occasional, like, one one or two, like, good games like Resident Evil 7, but I can play it without a VR, so why spend an extra $200? Or it, it just looks like a lot of tech demos. And not only that, it, when it comes down to, like, like my job's pretty physically demanding. Mm-hmm. So when I get home, I don't want to put something on my face and, like, move my head around. I literally just want to veg out, controller in hand, and, like, barely move. And if that makes me a lazy American, cool, that's fine. <laughs> but it's, like, anything that adds an extra step between me, controller, and game, it's too much effort for most people. That's why, like, the Wii died off. Like, people, like, it was fun for a month, and people, like, I gotta stand and move around. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, even even the simple motion of, like, swinging their arms are, like, eh. <laughs> This isn't worth it, you know? It just, it seems, like, VR is cool, and I do talk a lot of shit at it, but I want my friend to have one that I could try, because I would never use it. I'd be like, ah, that was fun. All right, I'm done. Kevin, I'm your friend. (laughs) Okay, you were, like, a a couple states between us. One. So, for me, (laughs) oh, yeah, well, I I don't know why I thought you were in uh, New Hampshire for a second. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, my point is, like, it's just so, like, it's just... I don't know. It's a lot of work to be like, oh, I'm immersed. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't want to spend an extra $200 to play like RE7, but in VR. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. The, the, the appeal behind the PlayStation VR itself is given, giving you a perspective. Uh, I have my box. It's, it's, uh, it's hooked up, mm-hmm. uh, to the back. And there's a one cable that goes to the USB port. Right. I usually don't. It usually doesn't leave that 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 port. Uh, I have the okay. VR set in uh, underneath the TV, so there's not a lot of light light involved because that does destroy VR headsets. Uh, the the lens, so you got to kind of keep it in a dark space. Okay. But the the extents of me setting it up is literally pulling the VR out from there, putting it on my head, mm. and turning it on. Right. That's yeah, it. And, but, like, there's, there's, it's just, I'm not even saying in, in reality it's extra work to do it, but it's enough work where if you're just tired that one day, you're like, I don't feel like 
putting that on my head. No, I mean, VR is usually my weekend thing. Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. During the weekdays, I, I tend to I tend to either play the retro games or whatnot. Yeah, you're right. It, it takes a lot of stimu- stimu- stimuli to, to yeah. play VR. Because I, I have for sure been in the mood, not been in the mood, like, after bowling. I'm like, oh my god, I, I really want to play this game, but that is going to make me pass out before 9 o'clock. <laughs> right. Not only that, this is a me thing, which is why I know VR won't be for me. It's also why PC games not for me. But, like, when I play games, I normally watch something in the background. Like, it'll just be on my computer, kind of background noise, but... I just multitask a lot because I don't have a lot of time to be like, do you want to play something? Do I want to watch something? I'm like, no, fuck it, both. Well, this is this is going to make it go even crazier. Uh, is there are there have been in the last few months games coming out which require which requires or not requires so to say, but it gets you to use a strenuous amount of physical activity. And the game I want to bring up here is Sprint Vector, which just came out at the beginning of February. Oh, yeah. Now this is a which I still have no idea what it Okay, is. so this is a really cool idea. And Kevin, you asked me uh, before, like, what games came out, uh, and I gave you like a top of my head kind of list of these are the games you should get if you have PSVR. Sprint Vector, uh, use the move controllers, and the way you propel the person. It's a racing. It's a basically a parkour kind of racing game. And the way you move the character is to. Uh, move the uh, controllers like you're pumping your arms. Like a bike? Uh, kinda. So instead of, you know, pedaling with your legs, you're pedaling with your arms. Ooh, and, you're, interesting. And, and what... This does, this does two things. Uh, speed is how fast you move your arms. And you turn, you turn the character by turning your body with, with the, uh, the headset, right? So you move your head and shoulders. And you're, what it's doing is, it's actually now, because what the VR does is it tricks your mind into thinking your body's moving. So that gets a lot of seasickness type feel and nausea, right? But while you're playing this game, you moving your arms and turning with your body is now getting your body to, to sort of feel that motion. So you don't get as sick. Now I did have a friend overplay the game and he couldn't last more than a race. Uh, because he was moving his head too much instead of just kind of slightly turning his shoulders and head. So I was like, okay, well, maybe you're not ready for that one quite yet. <laughs> hmm. But all all of that, what you said, sounds like way too much work for me to do after. Oh my God, I do two races and I'm sweating buckets. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, see, I don't want to do that. That's the thing. I just want to sit and be like, let's go persona. Let me see some anime titties. <laughs> Dude, there's a, I, I just, I just got the gram, the Instagram. And he recorded oh, me playing Sprint Vector, and it's just me turning in one spot, just pumping my arms hard. And at the end of the race, I was like in second. The guy was right next to me, and you just see me go. Ah! <laughs> I thought you meant you bought a gram of coke. I was like, don't tell people that. <laughs> no, I got Jeez. the gram, the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> my life has dropped to that of a thirteen-year-old valley girl. Oh jeez! Oh, perfect. I can't wait for you to be in a bikini, sitting on a seawall, trying to accentuate your ass, going, "Take me back!" Like, <laughs> can't wait for that picture. Yeah, and I'll put it in a sienna filter. Of course, obviously, <laughs> has to. But yeah, I, so that's the kind of Sprint Vector is a great example of kind of using the the uh, the tech and the controllers in this innovative way, and just with the releases that have come out in February 
is a good showing for what the future of VR has in games. I just think that there's still there's just still too much shovelware and not enough big releases for it to take off yet, which is a real the shame. Second, the second generation of VR is when I'll probably be sold. Not like this first run around. Like until we get it right and it's like we finally like games are games and they're not like Look, I'm Batman. I put on Batman glove. Game, right? Hey, like, that game was a lot really... more fun than you think. That it game is. was like a I half agree. hour, isn't it? It was I three hours. I loved it. That's not enough for for me to buy a VR headset and buy that. <laughs> Maybe not by itself. So you, that's just me. See, see, I got a real problem with people always putting a price tag on how much fun you have. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not saying you, you you're can't correlating have fun, it like, with just time. No, 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 because I've played many short games that are real fun, but I didn't see the the gameplay in that. I would, like I watched people play it to see what it was about, and the most things I saw was, hey, I got Batman gloves on. Come here, Alfred. I'm going to grab your titties. Like, <laughs> that's all I saw. Like, I didn't see anyone be like, if I could fist fight the Joker and, like, drive a Batmobile and actually do Bat... Like, if I played Arkham Asylum in VR, sold, buying a VR headset. But, like, I'm not. I was walking around the Batcave. I'm wondering why. Be- okay, so it, the game was a tech demo for the most part, but it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of goofy shit to do in the game. And you... The problem I had was there was only about three areas of investigative work, which was the whole appeal to that game. Right. If they would have... I'm not saying it had to be full-on Arkham Asylum, but what I'm saying is if it was solving... Like, investigating... Then having a full-on, let's say, VR-type battle where you're doing, like, quick-time events in VR. Mm. You know, something like a Heavy Rain. That would have been... Yeah, I was going to say... That would have been really cool. Be perfect. Yeah, I would have been all for that. That that's a, See, that's a game, not not Batman, let me touch your titties, Alfred. But... So I'm wondering <laughs> yeah, why yeah. that game isn't being developed or exists yet. Because... Like you said, there's only 2 million VR headsets out there. Is it worth that much time and money for Rocksteady to put into that? Or Mortal Kombat DLC? Come on, man. Oh, boy. (laughs) Just, you know, when it comes down to numbers, it's just, it doesn't make sense to do it yet. And granted, yes, it comes down to the the Catch-22 of like, well, if there's no VR headsets, we're not going to make a game. But if there's no games, we're not going to, you know. Well, 2 million isn't anything to scoff at. That's actually good. Those are good numbers. Sony even says, hey, VR selling well, but it's not selling as well as we want. And that's the key, that's the key word wasn't there. enough for people to make games, though. <laughs> you know, like two million is really not a whole lot. Like, it's a, think about what a small percentage of, of PS4 owners own a VR headset. Like, for the company to put, like, a multi-million dollar game out for it, they're probably like, nah, though. Well, I mean, that's the... That's the thing with something like Resident Evil 7 when that came out. It ha- it has the game, also has the VR option, and I think they're two totally different games because one's one plays like you are there, and the other's a video yeah. game. Yeah, and RE7 looks like a great first step, but like it was really just like a perspective change. Oh, so no. Like c- no, no. Well, it's it's a totally fr- different experience once up. you just put that headset on. Here's an idea. Here's what I'm throwing out there. Let's take something like Fortnite, whether or not you like it. You know, games are only played in third person, right? Okay. Get in VR, first person game. 
See, like that would be cool. Like that, I could totally play as a first person. I'm in. Uh, I can think of something like that. I can think of one game in VR that I think is really good for co-op. That's the Star Trek Bridge game. Basically, all right, that does look yeah, cool. just a whole bunch of people online cooperating on a Star Trek bridge in VR. One guy's got to do Chekhov's Chekhov's duties. The other guy's got to be Kirk. The other guy's got to be Spock. Someone else got to be Ahura. You know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. One guy's got to be a red shirt. Right? <laughs> and you got to have good communication between everybody in order to make anything happen, which I think is really cool. Oh, no, that's definitely one of the better VR experiences. My issue with that is, with a lot of other VR titles that seem to be heavily reliant on the online play, is that community... The, the VR community just goes jumps game to game so often that they just don't stick around in one single game quite yet. Yeah, that's probably... That's true. That's the issue there, because my buddy and I were playing a game called Starblood Arena, and there's just... That, that online community was almost absent. And oh, that's, really? that's one of the better VR games. And that's an arena-type game. So that's your Fortnite area realm of type game. Hmm. Is your, your Quake sh- arena shooter or Battle Royale shooter or what have you. Whatever you want to call it yeah, this, yeah. This, this hour. <laughs> <laughs> or if they made like a Pokemon-style game in VR... Yeah, uh, that would require Nintendo. <laughs> oh, well, the Labo's coming out, so don't worry. We're gonna get some cardboard R. Oh boy. Well, that's that's actually a uh, a conversation that me and Drew on the Modern Cast are having soon. Is yeah, the state of Labo uh, compared that. to VR? Oh yeah. I don't think that's a fair comparison. At all. Well, that's the idea behind it. <laughs> so. Uh, Kevin, I want to I want to touch on one last point is your 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 mention of the second generation of VR. Yes. What what do you mean by that? Well, like this is our first real run at VR. Like we don't really let come on, to be fair, we don't really know what we're doing. Like the the biggest draw I've seen people get out of VR is like something like Job Simulator, where like they stand behind a, a desk and they're they can do all these things within like arm's reach, but like. Say you took something like Job Simulator and you actually had to work through a day of being at 7-Eleven, like, actually serving people, like, going and actually stocking stuff. I know this sounds boring, but, like, <laughs> instead, of, instead of standing in one Clerks spot. the game. And, like, ah. yeah, instead of, like, standing in one spot and, like, kind of being guided, like, to actually, like, imagine if you actually got to play Grand Theft Auto in VR, like, the full open world, hmm. you know? That's a ways away, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, once we get there... I'm in. Well, maybe not, because a game like Farpoint, the first-person shooter uh, sci-fi experience, mm-hmm. uh, that was very interesting, just to see how far... what 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 is... What's VR capable of? Like, that was a great example of that. Um, and it was also an example of a game teaching you how to be in VR. If you've seen... If you've even gone to my YouTube channel and seen seen me play it. I haven't watched YouTube since I started watching pro wrestling lately. Hmm. <laughs> I'm proud of you, by the that's way. A that's a different conversation. We'll get to that. I'm proud of you, Kevin. Yeah. I hey, forgot to mention how much 2K18 I was playing. <laughs> oh, man. You don't even have a good wrestling game. <laughs> I have All-Stars. It's just... Oh. Doesn't, it doesn't have that many game modes. But anyway. <laughs> Anyways. 
the and ending the VR talk, the the biggest game that's come out now is Moss, which was highly advertised uh, VR. It got a nine out of ten rating across Ooh. video game uh, video game sites. Oh, very nice. good sign. A game like this, it has a it has a a lovable character. Easily able to sell a bunch of merch. I'm falling in love with the character. Hmm. The game is the best looking VR game I've ever played. Like, bar none. The problem is, like you said, Kevin, it's only three to four hours long. Oh, yeah. Right, see, and that's fine for a normal indie game, but I gotta buy a $200 headset to play this three to four hours. Well, it kind of is an indie game. It's made by a no-name company, essentially. Right. Yeah, but if I like buying like how much does that game cost? Thirty dollars. Okay, so like if I bought that on PSN, I got the controller, I got a PlayStation, I'm ready to go. But now I gotta buy this extra thing to play it. You know, that's it's a lot to ask for somebody. I think I think so, if this game came out near the start of VR or even six months ago, it would have been all all worth it. Uh, but at the, as I mentioned in my first comment starting out is at this point, we shouldn't still be getting these three to four hour games, right? especially with one as good as Moss is to only be this length. I think that only hurts it and further proves that VR still has a ways to go. Right. And then there's the, um, what is it? Oh, Doom and Lake Skyrim. They kind of drop the ball in their VR ports when there was potential. Doom VFR virtual fucking reality was a gimmick at best. And Skyrim is a broken mess just like any other Bethesda (laughs) game. So are we really all that surprised? No, but like that was the opportunity to be like, these games were totally made for that. Let's fucking make it work. And then they were like, how about not? And then everyone was like, damn it, Bethesda. I love you still for some reason. Take my money? (laughs) So... Yeah, they're still super hot. Our next, yeah, uh, su- super hot. I haven't gotten yet, but it's it's a fun game, yeah. no doubt. That does look cool. Yeah, I saw I Game Grumps play, play it. it. It looks really fun. Oh yeah, it's great. That's it's, not it's the that's Matrix, not VR man. exclusive, right? Absolutely, it is VR exclusive. See, I remember when that game was getting developed. It was like a normal PC. I believe game. it's VR exclusive. Uh there's there is a VR exclusive version, I... but the original version gotcha. is not VR. Okay. Ah. This is why we keep you around. <laughs> well, the VR version's better. You don't want you. You got to be the Matrix in virtual reality. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. I have the Matrix for GameCube, so I don't need that. Okay. <laughs> it's a good game. Why do you bring that up? <laughs> because uh, it's a solid four out of ten. <laughs> oh God. You got to play bad games to appreciate the good games. If every game was good, then no game would be good. You know, Kevin, you're absolutely right. It's, it's <laughs> who, am I to, who am I to argue with that? That's like, you watch bad anime to make the good anime even better. <laughs> or you just don't watch anime because you're not a fucking... Li- I'm just joking. Animes are alright. <laughs> well, you're wa- you, you've come into wrestling arguably at its worst time ever, so... Listen, there's... Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this whole PG thing, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like this Roman Reigns thing going on, yeah. Yeah, alright, so we're going to divert off the one thing because we were talking about it on Twitter real quick. Okay. So when I was watching the Elimination Chamber, 
I like for weeks and weeks and weeks. This whole started because I started like this channel, What Culture Wrestling, popped up on my like YouTube homepage. Yep, and it was like WWE secrets. They don't want you to know. And I have this weird affinity for like I like the seedy underbelly of like corporations, like and like the secrets they keep. Okay, like I'll watch I'll watch Disney conspiracies all day. But anyway, <laughs> and uh, like it was just like why everyone hates Roman Reigns, and I'm like. Oh, that guy looks pretty jacked as shit. Like, what's wrong with him? And, like, once he started reading, like, he's kind of, like, shoved down everyone's throat. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of annoying. And I started watching a couple of weeks leading up to the Elimination Chamber. And the second I saw he was in, I'm like, they're going to either put him or John Cena in this thing. And I still hate John Cena. And I was like, oh, look, Braun Strowman's killing everybody. Oh, Roman Reigns is going to win. <laughs> and then, like, they're like, it's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm like, oh, Roman Reigns is going to win, isn't he? Like, You've been watching for, like, two seconds, and you already hate the guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I, on the face on the face surface, I'm like, this guy's pretty cool. And then I saw him, like, work. I'm like, oh, look, he does a spear, like, four other people. Oh, he doesn't know how to actually throw a Superman punch. Okay, this is... What else can he do? He's got a cool vest. He's got a That's Kevlar vest on in wrestling. <laughs> his 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 logo kind of looks like Spider-Man. I look like Spider-Man. I like him. <laughs> no, that's his whole appeal. His his whole character uh came out when the Superman movie came out. Mm. So he's got the Kevlar vest on, kind of the Superman Spider-Man symbol going. He throws the Superman punch, he jacks his forearm off. Yeah, speaking mm. speaking of jacking off, how about that ESRB? Uh, oh yeah wow what a transition that didn't really make sense at first no it makes as much sense as uh loot boxes are now being uh mandatory well not mandatory ESBR, esrb finally decided to put a warning label of microtransactions and loot boxes on game packages now yeah so kind of they what they've decided to do i saw an update on this is that they now have to put on the box in-game transactions so it doesn't say loot box because they did some studies and it turns out parents are real fucking dumb and they don't want to parent their kids yeah and they don't know what a loot box is so they had to dumb it down to in-game transaction which could be fucking anything some things never change so i don't feel like we got anything done i mean it's it's something that should have been done years and years and years ago yeah yeah so i'm not applauding the SRB or even game companies in general for this happening. It it's just something that's like, yeah, should be there. <laughs> yeah. It's no different than saying there's blood in this game. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I get that, but it's just I don't think in game transaction is specific enough. I think it's, it's I mean, a good unless way they to... unless they go as far as uh, having another box with uh, or another small small section dedicated to in-game transactions just like esrb m m has violence blood sexual themes uh suggestive language and then you have in-game transaction box microtransactions loot boxes like you start you got to start uh in-game purchases uh cosmetic purchases you know unless you start listing all that stuff then yes i agree kevin if you just say in-game purchases that can be anything that could that could be uh, a game having its own currency that you earn during in the game and you purchase that way. Right. Yeah. But not only that, I don't think it would look good for video games if it said gambling on Vox, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the last thing we need. Old, rich, white politicians going, gambling for children? What? I mean, they can't even see a giant M on a box when they go, games are too violent. Why do kids have this? I'm like, 
because you got to read the fucking thing that says mature. Because yeah. the parents buy them for them. <laughs> right, but they but we can't even get that figured out. But for some reason, we can find really small ratings on movies on the back and tiny print that say R. Right. That one we could fi- that one we could figure out, but we can't see the M mature, and then on the back where it says mature sex. Drugs, violence, boating your wife's sister. Like, <laughs> we, can't, we can't figure that one out. Like, oh, Colin, man. what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I'm just glad they finally got off their ass to do it, even if it's just a token gesture, reactionary thing to the whole Battlefront situation. I mean, if it keeps at least one person from going crazy with their purchases or keeps, makes, encourages at least one parent to be more careful about giving their credit card information onto the console so that the kid could use it willy-nilly, then it's a it's a net positive. Okay. And uh, I feel I should point out Extra Credits has done a series of videos talking about the other side of the coin when it comes to microtransactions and loot boxes. I don't agree with everything they say, but they're still... What do they say? They're still on the right on the side of the fence that says the predatory practices involved with it are the, are incredibly scummy. But oh, God, yeah. All on their own, they're not a bad thing. It's just the way they're being used that they they feel is... Well, okay, here, here's here's a great example. I mean, I went on a tangent on one of the modern, past, uh, uh, modern cast episodes with Drew yeah. on the current state of, like, fighting games Yeah. with uh, how the microtransactions has redefined... Uh, how to sell a fighting game, uh-huh. and it was more or less a, uh, an angry rant, if anything, um, to to kind of bullet point it, was was I was playing King of Fighters with a friend of mine this weekend, okay? Yeah. King of Fighters 99. 36-man roster, right away, all, like, all the stages were there, like, the game was complete, right? Yeah. Now if I put on, and I showed him, here's Street Fighter Five, and he goes, who are all these characters? I go, oh, those are the characters I have to purchase separately. He goes, but what's this What's this uh, in-game currency? Oh, here we go. And I showed him that. Here's in-game currency. Well, how do you earn it? I have to play online. Okay, so if you win, you get, what, a thousand coins? No, you get ten. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember we went into that before on our Dark Souls playthrough. Oh, yeah. So, and he goes, wait. So how much did you... Did you spend $60 and you got, what, 10 characters and four stages? I go, yes. This is how the game came out. So how much more money did you put in this? And I go, you know what? I can't get into this right now, but you see the point I'm making. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember when I got, well, the first time I played Mortal Kombat X, my buddy got it. We brought it over to my house to play it. And the first thing that we saw when we got the main menu was... Buy Goro for four ninety nine, like half off for day one. I'm like, really? Like we didn't even start the game yet. Yeah, that's and that's really kind of shitty. That's really tacky. No, and Colin, like you said, it's it's the way it's being used. It's it's scummy. Yeah. It's predatory, and that's all it is. Pretty much. I would rather have a game, say, two years come out, and it's a complete version. But they can't even, like, game companies won't even do that anymore because then they'll keep adding DLC. So this complete version is no longer a complete version. Pretty much. Yeah, that's why I waited on Mortal Kombat X until XL came out because I knew it was going to happen. I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing. Hmm. 
I didn't buy Street Fighter Five for that reason. I'm like, I I, I kind of called the conspiracy that Cap when they fucked it up. I'm like, look, Capcom loves re-releasing shit. They're gonna fuck it up real bad. Promise. Oh, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna screw you guys. Make it bad and then go. Okay, maybe if we re-release it, you guys won't hate us and we'll fix it, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And I I didn't buy that shit. The second they said we're totally gonna make it better, <laughs> like we're not gonna do this anymore, guys. We're gonna totally fucking do this. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they did it. So the yeah. the ESRB and and finally getting off their asses and putting in-game transactions that were that the sentence itself is very minuscule and it doesn't actually accomplish anything because it's not telling the it's not telling the consumer what that is much like or uh, as compared to say your m rating has all of this in it Mm -hmm. and expanding on that now now with all of the controversy and and violence and gun shootings and what have you in the United States that has now gotten out of control yep. over the last decade, decade and a half, 20 years, what have you. Now we have congressmen freaking out, uh, you know, who, what, whoever they're lobbying for at, at the time. Now we got the president and other lawmakers trying to divert from the subject and, hey, Kevin, Colin... Did you know the '90s are back in style? <laughs> Yay! I, I did. Now I. Get I mean, to I thought I thought the snap, the snap, the sna- the, 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 the 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 snap the wristwatches. Yep. I mean, uh, fun dip with with the sugar, the pop rocks. They're all coming back. You know what's also coming back? Old right witch politicians who don't know anything about electronic entertainment telling us it's the devil. Yeah. You know, video games and movies need ratings. They're the reasons why every all these kids are violent, much like in the fifties you know, that that rock and roll was was the reason why all uh, America's youth are in trouble. <laughs> listen, I don't know if you know this, but this is a fact. But video games have been proven to cause violence, which is why in nineteen thirty nine, when Hitler lost the game of Halo three to a Jewish man, <laughs> he was like, you know what? Fuck them all. Oh, That's geez. it. When when the Salem witch trials were going on, I remember oh this little girl. She bless her heart. She won a game of Fortnite, one versus nine. They're like, women can't win at Fortnite. Witch, burn her at the stake. <laughs> when the Crusades were happening, everyone was like, "Look, man, Jesus played on the red team in Team Fortress Two, not blue. Fuck them. Like, kill everything that's not Team Red. Video games are violent. No, you, you know, Kevin, you're not wrong. Colin, remember that night when we were playing Mutant League hockey? <laughs> back in 2016 and i went to i went to the local marley stadium and lit everyone up in, in pure anger <laughs> that you kicked my ass it's the only it, it's the video games that cause the violence it's nothing else all it's missing is jack Thompson. no I, th- this was this was a, i mean this was the argument in in 1993 with uh yeah. hey did you know jeff sessions was involved with that shit back then too he's the current guy in charge now hmm <laughs> Yeah, coincidence? I don't think so. You uh, you would think that a certain corporation was perhaps persuading him to divert attention from a bigger problem. It was, yeah. Nah, is that, that's is that political 101? So, that doesn't sound right. Jeff, Jeff Sessions and company, uh, along with a few other politicians, back in the early 90s, uh, when a, <laughs> certain games like Mortal Kombat and... Um, uh, uh, what was what was the the one with the cameras and the vampires? Night Night Trap, Night Night Trap, Trap. came out. Uh, that that Night was destroying Trap. youth. 
uh, that that the 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 uh, the pixelated blood was way too violent. Now, medium has evolved, much like anything else. Mm-hmm. In 2012 or 13, there was even a Supreme Court re- ruling in the United States that defined video games now as art in the same realm as paintings and movies. So right. that was done. There, the the conversation was over. Now, again, as Kevin, you mentioned, to divert from uh, harder, bigger topics currently in the political environment, video games are now being talked about yet again to be the cause of gun violence. Mm-hmm. So while I, I get why old people freak out because they're like, you are controlling the action. You are controlling the violence. But, like, you could see people get raped on Law & Order also. So there's that. Yeah. You know? Like, it's only because it's it's the fear of the unknown, which is the issue. Because people automatically divert to, you are controlling this, therefore you are the reason, like, the bad stuff is happening. But, like, people will just sit blindly and watch Saw and be like, eh, okay. Like whatever, this is fine. Right, it's just a but movie I was or a TV a... show. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fiction. It doesn't matter. But like, if I'm, if I had a controller in my hand, devil. Yeah. <laughs> this. this well, the interesting amazing. the interesting argument of note because the ESRB is all over this immediately. Uh, with with talking to government officials, government officials have even called a meeting, and that's going to happen next week, right? Hmm. To discuss. The violent video games and violent movies uh, that people have access to, even though there are rating systems and you have to be X amount of age to purchase X thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ESRB was asked what they're going to do at the meeting, and the uh, the 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 PR director was uh, responded to news channels going, "We weren't even invited. We didn't even know about right. it oh, until geez. they were asked the question." Yeah, because that's how they work. Because that's how the politicians are working. It's only amongst themselves. They're 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 making decisions that they're not informed about. So an ESRB uh, representative was talking, and they one of the major arguments they're gonna they're they're already bringing up is video games are a worldwide thing. Mm-hmm. It's funny how this yeah. is only happening here. Yeah, in this yeah. country, in America, North America, it happens in Canada. Canada is right next door, and yet they don't have nearly as many of the same problems and issues, but they have access to all the same things. Yep. So that's a major argument got, being brought up here. I got. I, I don't want to get like super in my political beliefs on this, but it, the problem I got is that we, in America, it, the, I think the news is the issue because we make people that do heinous shit, we make them famous because of news ratings. Like, the second somebody gets committed for a crime, I don't think their name, their face, or anything should ever be brought up. The second they're, if they're on the run and, like, running from the law, yeah, put their name, put their face out there so we can catch them. But the second they're caught or they do something, they don't have a name, they don't have a face, they just say, hey, this guy did this. and Because then you make them famous. Right, and then you yeah. get the copycats, and then you get, then right, you get then sympathizers like, or people who yeah. are on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, and then they were like, "I'm if I'm going down, I'm going down in the blaze of glory." So like, pretty much. Then they then they want to do something even crazier, which th- that is what I think cause really causes the issue in this place. That is there, true. There, there, there. Uh, 
the United States has definitely a culture surrounding a lot of these ideals and how it handles handles broadcasting actual news. It's become more more like news state news channels to me whether you're right or left are so biased in their own direction that it's almost like a reality yeah. TV show for whatever whatever you want to lobby for. It's yeah, more nice. like MTV in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. I don't believe in the two-party system at all. Well, bipartisan, that's another topic. Bipartisan uh, yeah. government, um, that, that's, a, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the thing. I don't want to divert too off the top of yeah. the news, but the, po- the point is, the ESRB is, is very well prepared to, uh, to go to battle if need be. I personally don't... I, this is, Colin and Kevin, I think you guys are in agreement with this is clearly just a diversion tactic for the bigger issues at hand. Yeah. 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 It There's act- no question about it. It actually kind of reminds me of this editorial cartoon I saw a while back after the Vegas shooting. Basically, shows a whole bunch of dead bodies surrounding a, a clear spot, and then right in the middle of the clear spot is Uncle Sam, laying on top of I think it was it was either a guy wearing an NRA suit or a big book titled USA Gun Laws, and Uncle Sam says it's okay, no one's gonna hurt you. <laughs> I'll just leave that out there. Political cartoons always make me laugh, no matter what side it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, the other issue we got is that Americans being the way we are. I Look, I live in a very uh, right-leaning household currently. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I, I will say a couple members of my family have multiple gun safes. Oh. That seems fucking excessive. Yeah. Like, I'm for having them, but, like, you don't need that many, because why? You know? <laughs> Well, because it's my American rights. Yeah, but like if your mom says like, oh, you can go to the candy store and get something as a kid, you don't come back with the whole fucking candy store, <laughs> you know, because you're going to rot your teeth out, you dumb fuck. Speaking of political cartoons, I saw a political kind of uh, mini mini game come out on uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, what? It, it was it was kind of a guy made a made a, a, a political cartoon out of a video game. OK. Huh? And it was a. Uh, a deer hunter with an AR-15, and he has multiple clips attached to his chest, and he's shooting, and he's trying to shoot the deer, and he goes, why take out just Bambi when I can take out the whole family? And he just sprays the gun in all directions, uh, unloads the clip, gets another one, and then he goes through the second one, clips the next one on, third one, bang, one deer goes down, and he goes, well, I may have missed the first 69 times, but that's, that fucker went down on number 70. <laughs> if, you need, if you need an AR to go hunting, you're a terrible shot. Well, that's, the whole, never hear the, well, that's the whole point of the cartoon, the, the cartoon like video game. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. When people use that as like a legitimate, like, what if I want to take it hunting? You don't need to take your grenade launcher hunting. <laughs> that's why. If you, if you as a human being need to take a fucking AR... You're a bad shot and should pick up another hobby. It's a fucking squirrel. I think you can handle it with the slingshot if you tried. No! The squirrel's coming right for you! <laughs> it's my American right to have plastic explosives. What if the government comes after me? They're coming after you because you're a fucking I'm not going to lie. I went, fi- I went fishing with... when Growing up in Texas, I went fishing with a couple friends one time, and they actually brought, like, sticks of dynamite and threw them in the water. What? Oh, good, because that's fair. You know, fish, the things that can't even come on land. Like... 
This is a fair fight. Those fish are coming right for us. <laughs> I mean, that was that. I mean, that's as southern as it. Uh, I was like, "Yep, I live in Texas." Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even bring fishing poles. We just brought that was that was here. as good as when I was when I was in uh, in high school going to someone's farm and there's a bonfire and people are daring each other to to put a plank of wood over and walk over it with their bush light in hand. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes Darwinism's like just go for it. Yeah, it was, it, it, I mean. The when it when it comes to when it comes to political diversions and the ESRB, it's it's very it's always very interesting to see what's what's brought up in arguments because what 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 then qualifies as a violent game in today's society because today Mortal Kombat one and two aren't considered quote unquote violent games by today's standards by any means. Mm-hmm. Are you assuming my genre? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> now it would be like T for Teen with mild blood and fighting, Pretty which much. was which was a government controversial game back then. Yeah. I mean, we played Psychic Detective, where there's guys getting mind raped by Russian women for oh, the, on the 3DO. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what the bigger issue is? It never seems like. When it comes to movies, like uh, from my experience, violence never seems to be the issue. It's like sex is always the big issue. Yeah, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But like for games, for some reason, both of it is the issue. I don't understand that either. Well, okay, so because video games, uh, movies are more or less uh, as as worldwide as movies are. There's still a lot of uh, control on what's allowed to be seen in different markets. I mean, you can take Game of Thrones isn't on HBO in Canada because Canadians have laws against too many things not Canadian coming into their country media-wise. Uh, I thought you were going to say they too many laws against people invading other people's countries going, oh, you can't be here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, you can't That's... come in. You think we just let anyone sorry. in? <laughs> this is the House of Stark over here. Eh? <laughs> but, with video, but with video games, uh, there's... There's a cultural thing behind that. So America has a, ha, doesn't seem to have a lot, well, on the surface. Uh, the culture of violence seems to be second nature. While sex, sexuality and even someone like being naked on a beach isn't a thing in America. That's, that's, that's as worse as it gets. That's, it's still very prudent in nature, very old school. While in Europe, on the other perspective, uh, as, as I experienced firsthand... There's a heavy age rating and and buy restriction on violence in video games. While it, you could have a porn game, no problem, because you know you turn on the TV at midnight on certain channels in Europe, you got softcore porn going. Now you never have that in America, but you'd have Die Hard on at midnight instead. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, it is a cultural thing, and I get it. Well, I get that end of it. I should say it's just I don't know. I just don't understand how the same people who are voting for, like, these things that kill people should be protected by law in real life cannot play virtual things killing pixels on a screen. Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, people are weird. Colin, as a a Canadian, where are you you coming from all this? Because that's, you you have a very different perspective on it. I can only... I can only speak on uh, my experience in Europe and how different it is. Uh, I spoke of the the difference between sexuality and violence. What what what, what do Canadians kind of see this as? Speak for all of Canada, Colin. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm living in the section of Canada that's very Americanized. I mean, I live close to Toronto, which is the city in Canada that thinks it's New York. <laughs> but I don't know. There there wasn't really where I grew up. There wasn't really too much discourse on what was considered violent or too sexual, at least in my in-person discussions. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, heck, we had we had Mortal Kombat machines right outside of sports stores. And uh, I didn't hear any, I didn't see any protests outside the mall about that. But uh, I don't know, we're, we tend to be more laid back about that sort of thing. We have... Yeah, I got we, that feeling when I was living in Canada. Much more just kind of go with the flow Yeah, uh, and in the terms only, of this as a talking point, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, the only people I knew who actually owned guns were my aunt and uncle out in Alberta, and that's because they lived in a rural area. And, and some, that's also cold Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Texas is Alberta. Yeah. That was the way I saw it out yeah. there. <laughs> But they're they're very responsible with their guns. I mean, I remember going out there to visit on a, on a solo trip that me and my siblings got to do every time we turned twelve. We actually went out to a field. To uh, I think one of my uncle's neighbors wanted to get rid of some gophers, so we went out with some rifles to try and shoot them. We we didn't get very many because they they pop up and pop back down really quickly. <laughs> And ev- should have every- just used your grenade launcher, like Kevin yeah. said. Say, should have brought your plastic explosives. Yeah. <laughs> it's your right. Yeah, but every time there wasn't something to shoot, my aunt and uncle were very clear on I should put it back into safe mode, as in not have the hammer cocked back. Right. And they're very, very strict about that sort of thing. Almost, almost like uh, it was. It's required to have some sort of training. Exactly. Yeah kind of a cultural mindset of that yeah yeah, yeah no I, I mean i i remember a lot of kids growing up uh would just be given a gun just here you go like it's no oh. different than a toy from the 50s oh jeez. yeah you can't i mean i was shooting rifles sorry 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 go ahead yeah in, in canada that sort of thing is unheard is unheard of right people everywhere in Canada are very aware of how dangerous they are. I mean, they are literally designed to kill. So, there's a lot of respect around how dangerous a gun is in all areas of Canada, including Yellowknife. <laughs> I remember going, doing my co-op there, and they actually had cl- classes for getting a gun light handgun license. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. Uh, I, I look forward to uh, to the shit show of how all of this is gonna go down and how the ESRB is gonna fight back. What points they're gonna bring up? Um, mm-hmm. I really like the one. I really like the argument where hey, video games are worldwide. Um, cultural, culture, culturally, every country looks at this this perspective of violence in video games differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one German uh, station, uh, Spiegel. Uh, it sounds so German. <laughs> they brought they brought up the point that go yeah violence in Germany is very frowned upon. Uh, we have a rating system. They even have an extra rating system on top of that. they have eighteen plus on a uh, lot of the games. Uh, not just say M. Ah yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember buying. Well, I wanted to get Killzone over there, and I couldn't do it because I wa- I wasn't uh. 
I wasn't 18 yet, but I could have bought it in America. Ah, oh, yeah. So well, we have so many different weird age restrictions in America. It's like 17 for this, 18 for this, 21 for this, nobody 25 to rent a car. <laughs> yeah, nobody can even agree on what an adult is here. Ah, no, yeah. no, it's 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 not consistent. While what I experienced in Germany with buying such things as like video games, movies, porn, what have you, uh, it was almost like I could literally watch an, uh, a 10 person orgy, but I can't, I can't shoot this fake space Nazi in a video <laughs> game. <laughs> I believe it was the great comedian Jim Jeffries, I will paraphrase, where he goes, only in America can an 18 year old woman consensually have sex with 15 guys in the same room get come all over her face <laughs> but she can but dare oh she can enlist in the military kill other people for her country but dare she not touch a drop of alcohol oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well on that note <laughs> well i want to i want to make a quick point that when i when i was younger i was over at a game store and i saw a mom who was actually being responsible about what games she was allowing her kid to buy because they were going to the counter with Halo and Hitman. Right. And she actually noticed the age rating. She's like, this is rated M. (laughs) Both of these are rated M. But then the the guy behind the counter was like, well, it's a different kind of thing. I mean, Halo, you're shooting aliens, but Hitman, you're actually a Hitman. So these (laughs) people were strangling people with (laughs) piano wire. (laughs) Yeah. My Did point I is, there are ever... people out there who actually make the effort to keep themselves informed. So I just wanted to throw it out there that it's not yeah. completely hopeless with parents. No. Did I ever tell you both the story of a lady that threw Saints Row at my head? What? Go for it, man. <laughs> All right, I'll make it quick because I did a video on my channel. Y'all should watch it. Anyway, <laughs> so I was working in GameStop. Yeah. And this is a very rich town in my state. Like, people driving BMWs. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know don't want to have time to parent their kids. So this little brat comes up with St. Joe the third in my, in his hand at, at the GameStop and the mom's on the phone, not caring, not paying attention. And I'm like, all right, man, just so you know, this game's rated M. It's got blood. Glorified. She's like, yeah, whatever. It's his birthday. I don't care. I'm like, no, you got to understand something. This game is very sexual, very violent. She's like, I don't care. It's his birthday. Let him have the game. And, my, and I'm like looking at my friend, like, dude, what the fuck? Like this kid's like 10. And then he, because he didn't give a shit. He's like, ma'am, there is a weapon in this game that is a purple flopping dildo called the Penetrator. <laughs> you, you need to know this before you get it. She's like, I don't care. It's his birthday, whatever. Wow. I'm like, all right, well, we got a used copy of it. If, you know, you think it's inappropriate, you can return it that way. Nope. I want a new one. It's his birthday. Oh, jeez. Fucking okay. And then two hours later, she comes back and straight up chucks Saints Row from the door of the GameStop to my head. Wow. And it says, get it the fuck out of my house. I want a refund. I'm like, nah, you're screwed now. Oh, jeez. That that's your fault. She's like, well, this is bullshit. You can't sell this to kids. I'm like, we're not. We sold it to you. You said it was okay. <laughs> nice. So suck that. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to note that, you know, there are some parents that care out there. I mean, I wasn't allowed to buy an M-rated game uh, at all. Yeah, yeah. Growing up. My first M-rated game was the, uh, was on the PS2, and it was Devil May Cry. Uh-huh. Too violent. How dare you? That's why you're a psychopath. <laughs> and, of course, the game was too fucking hard, and I couldn't even play most of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So not only was it too old for you, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, I, I was I was barred from like going to certain friends' houses because they had Resident Evil. Oh yeah. Ooh, jeez. Yeah, just the the video try games a, are too violent. And try having a cop for a dad. You can't play GTA. Oh yeah. Well, you know. It's rough. <laughs> it, yeah, eventually he caved in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Son, you don't hate me that much, do you? No, no, no. I just Absolutely. wanted to beat this hooker for money. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me you love me, son. Fuck the police. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Colin, what was your first M-rated game? Uh, that's... It was probably the original Mortal Kombat on Genesis. And that was only because I was over at a friend's house. But... Ooh. <laughs> Fancy. We also played stuff like Splatterhouse. Just all the cartoony violence ones. Right. But over the years... How many mass shootings have you caused? <laughs> How many two people this have Tuesday. you murdered now? <laughs> <laughs> Just two this Tuesday. It's oh, a slow God. week. Well, yeah, okay, so this got, yeah, this got pretty political, but it, it, it's an important point nonetheless and kind of cultural divides. Yeah. Now to the good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. we got platformers to talk about. Everyone ready? Ready. Are they violent? Some of them Well, are. that is up to your perspective. Out, okay. <laughs> uh, so, how about uh, we do one of mine first? Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it was my it was my pit my theme pick. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey, I went with a simple one, guys. <laughs> I went with one of video my favorite exclusives. genres in video games. I still play them to this day, and these were all all games. Uh, no, just one. I hadn't uh, I hadn't touched any of them except one before. Okay. So, my first pick was Blinks, the Time Sweeper on the yeah. Xbox. Woo! Mm, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that happened. <laughs> so, I've had this game for a while. I've, I've really only dabbled in it previously. Um, various at friends' houses and whatnot. Well, I have a copy of myself. It came out October 2002, developed by Artoon. Heard of them? Didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it was an Xbox exclusive. So this was before the days Halo and Master Chief had cemented itself as Xbox, Xbox's kind of mascot. Uh-huh. Uh, and Blinks was at the forefront to be one of these things. Yep. So you, uh, it, it's got a, it's it's got a very simplistic story behind it, where you're this, uh, you're this cat. Um, shit's going down in time. He works at the like time police station. As an average cat. As an average cat does in the future. (laughs) And basically he just goes from dimension to do dimension to fix what they call time glitches. And if you leave these time glitches alone, they eventually become monsters. Yeah. And that's the extent of the story, really. Pretty much. Plus you have to rescue a princess. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. More more pre-Sonic 06 interspecies romance. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm into this. So one of one of the one of the things uh, that's that marks Blinks as kind of its in- innovation is you have what they call time controls. So you yeah. have a rewind, a fast forward, a, uh, a sp- the fast forward kind of functions as a speed up time. You have a pause and a, uh, a slow down and a record, I believe. 
there's three hearts, but you don't technically die when when you when you get it's a one hit kill system. But what happens is when you get hit, time will rewind back so odd seconds to before you got hit. And generally you get three tries per level, but once you completely die, then you have to buy hearts again through the store. Well, you can also get them through collecting crystals, but they're a bit harder to get than the actual time powers. Right. So the way you get time powers is throughout, whether it be killing enemies or things scattered throughout the level, is you have there's symbols that represent uh, each time ability, and you have to collect at least three out of the four of the same to get yep. that time ability. So if you collect, say, two of this two of this symbol and two of another, you won't get that ability. It's called, like, a, a bad crystal combination. Yeah. So it kind of gets you to platform around those items. Pretty much. I thought that was kind of unique, but yeah. the platform in itself was kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. At a certain point, it starts to get really frustrating. Yeah, so now so let's get into the game controls, now that we have the, the setup here. Yeah. Uh, the game control start. You uh, Blinks here has essentially this vacuum, and you can again purchase upgraded vacuums to either suck harder, get bigger <laughs> objects, or or be able to store more objects in yeah, his vacuum. Yeah. And so you hold down the X button to suck, and then you just press the X button to shoot. <laughs> or the right trigger. That's what I use. Or the right trigger. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, Colin, what did you what did you guys think of this game and how the controls Call worked? First. Uh, for the beginning, I loved it, but as the le- as the levels got further, I developed more into love hate. I mean, mm-hmm. with the with the whole mechanic of getting the crystals within a certain combination, it was it was unique at first, but as things went on, it got pretty frustrating. Like, why couldn't they just have you? have like a meter for each different type of crystal that you're collecting so you can collect all of them and still get time powers no matter what combination you get like it would be it would be a lot less frustrating that way and i mean it was fun at first like i said there's a bit of strategy involved but later on that just becomes more of an inconvenience but, uh, right, the only way you're supposed to get past a certain section is to have this crystal combination or this ability, such as in the third uh, stage area, you have to open a door, with, but there's two buttons. Yeah, so you have so to... So if you don't have the record ability, which, is, which uh, duplicates blinks, so you run a path, stand on the button, use the record ability, so then you run over and stand on the other button to open the door... If you don't have that ability, then you have no way to open the door. So you basically have to restart the level. Pretty much, yeah. That was my experience a few times. And uh, Blinks himself moves really slowly, which I found kind of irritating. Yeah, he kind of waddles around a lot. Yeah, there's no run button. But, uh... And the, the camera is probably my biggest complaint with this game. It's It's shit basically i wow. i died so many times because the camera just <laughs> refused to cooperate I mean, yeah it may- it te- the camera uh, te- uh, tends to get stuck in the wall a lot yeah like it's a physical camera 
Yeah, plus. exactly. Uh, I mean, the game looks like it's like a 360 type of game, but the camera is still very much in that realm of late 90s, yeah. mid to late 90s problems where it's where it's uh, getting stuck in corners or Blinks himself gets stuck in a corner. So then the camera's in the wall. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pain in the ass. Uh, another... Not to mention that that the uh, controls themselves you can't change. Yeah, which was a big pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I like that was immediate. I turn on the game, get into the first level, and I go, "Oh, the camera's inverted." Okay, I want to change that. Pause. My only option is to quit the game or quit the level. Yeah, like, yeah. What? Okay. I would love to quit the game. So <laughs> I go quit the game. Okay, there's the option. It's only on the main menu. I go to options. Okay, audio, what have you. Oh, control scheme. Type A or type B. Doesn't tell you what type A or type B is. It just, you gotta choose B. Okay, I guess I'll go A, B. That'll change the controls, right? No. Go back to the game. What ends up happening is now all the controls are flipped around. Now the camera is controlled, not with the analog stick anymore, but uh, but the, the left and right trigger. Yeah, that's, that's dumb. Style. Exactly. That's what. It, that's exactly what I thought it was. I was like, "This is just like Spyro and King of Hearts." Shit. Okay. <laughs> well, not doing that. I guess I'll. I'll guess I'll fiddle with. I'll get used to the inverted controls, but that hardly helps when the camera gets stuck all the time. So that was the most frustrating part yeah. of the game for sure. Yeah. The other issue I had was this semi-auto lock-on button when you fire to hit enemies. Yeah, Blinks' aim was my other big complaint with this game. It was just, it would just do its own thing at random times, and that just really got annoying when I'm low on stuff to fire out of the sweeper, and then all of a sudden I get hit by an enemy at the exact wrong time. I mean, I probably my the moment I raged the most with the the bad aim was in the Forgotten City level where you're trying to set off chains, chain explosions of bombs and the whole aiming system makes that like pulling teeth. How is that possible? How is it possible <laughs> to make bomb chain explosions like pulling teeth? That's, the e- that's one of the easiest things in any video game. There, there, there was, there was, there's so many draw, like the game has charm and a lot of potential there's no doubt i can totally see why like if you're if you're a you're a young kid you have an xbox you got blinks like this is your mascot essentially this is what you are associating xbox with you're gonna play the shit out of this game yep speak for yourself (laughs) man however all of my complaints aside however let's hear what kevin has to say about wait wait wait. i i want to talk my positives though i've i mean i've shat on it so much but i I want to let people know why I actually like it. Okay. For one thing, it looks it looks really good. Visuals still stand out in my mind. They've they've aged really well in my opinion. Oh yes, yes. Like I said, it's almost like a 360 yeah. type of game and how it looks. Yeah, I mean, Hourglass Caves is probably the most beautiful level thus far. And another thing I loved is the soundtrack. I it's actually one of my all time favorite soundtracks. Right up there with Command and Conquer, Red Alert, Doom 2016, Ghost Trick, To the Moon, Stardew Valley, and a, and a whole lot of others. But mm. I still listen to it even to this day. Times Square and Forge of Hours are probably my favorite tracks. And 
this game actually was kind of part of my childhood because a friend of mine liked to invite me to his place on Sundays to play games and we'd always go to Blockbuster and rent something and Blinks was one of our choices. We, we just found it really addicting. Oftentimes I never found it so frustrating that I <laughs> that I was like, I got it. I didn't really rage quit as much as, oh, I did this wrong instead of that, so I got to do this instead. That was basically my attitude for a lot of the first few levels that I, but with the later levels I never got to as a kid, it, that was less and less, I admit. But Kevin, anyway, how about the, yourself? I wanted an Xbox for this game back in the day. <laughs> like, I was somehow, like, dumb, like, entranced by the thought of, like, I could stop time and then I can attack enemies at any time. This is super cool. I never got that Xbox as a child, <laughs> and I'm kind of happy that happened. That <laughs> like, it, it, it's game's average. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't pay more than, like, 10 bucks for it. I got it for, I got it a lot for, like, 20 bucks with a bunch of other things. Yeah, I, I paid $4 for me. it myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of want the second one just because it looks real fucking weird. <laughs> But other than that, I'm like, it's, it's, it's okay. Like, you guys pretty much nailed everything I would have said about it, so I don't oh, know yeah. what else I can add to that conversation necessarily, but, you know, it's it's definitely a game that exists. <laughs> like, that's the best I got for it. I'm sorry, Blake, you suck. <laughs> yeah, it's a real shame, and a lot of a lot of people uh, list, that listen to the podcast were kind of excited when I put out on, on Twitter and uh, in the Discord group that we're going to be talking about this game because a lot of people have heavy nostalgia for it. But then they, uh, one, one person in particular goes, I don't know if I want to listen to you guys talk about this because he has so much nostalgia for it. Oh, yeah. I go, well, I mean, if it's, a, if, it, if it's a bad game, it's a bad game. Yeah. yeah. Some things are better left into, into your memory. Luckily, <laughs> it's not the worst game we've ever played on this podcast. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That definitely goes for anything. Absolutely. Doing. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm American. It's my right. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Kevin, your first pick. Mm-hmm. Which first pick? I don't know. Pick one of them. <laughs> Plock. Oh, yeah. My favorite little communist executioner. Oh, jeez. Come on. He does look like one. He's red and yellow. He's got an executioner hood. So this is a little platformer. You know all the developers and things off the top of your head i know it was made by plock hmm? and i think it was trade west actually hmm. software creations fucking plock right guy <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like a prototype to rayman where he's a little it's a 2d platformer i can't think of the word yeah yeah and he uses his, his extremities to throw at enemies and kind of get through these weird little levels that last from anywhere from like 10 seconds sometimes to like minutes and minutes in like really long stages yeah yeah it was really weird was good, like... uh one, one one note to this is it's by the s- same company that made bionic commando so you you'll oh, yeah? you'll notice a lot of the I similar mechanics come uh carry over into this game huh neat did not know that actually yeah. uh the publisher was trade west huh. uh, well, in north america <laughs> that's the only one that matters am i right <laughs> good old us of- anyway but, like, it's a good little 2D platform. You can jump, attack, and then you do this, like, buzzsaw jump, <laughs> which I didn't really find useful other than for getting slightly higher, but, you yeah. know, somebody out there likes it. 
very Sonic-y. Yeah, except well, that you it need to you need anyone. to do you need to do the buzzsaw jump for quite a few parts in in at least most levels at the beginning of the game because there's long yeah, there's get... long cliff like jumps yeah. to make a lot of leap leaps of faith too in this game yeah mm-hmm. which I I don't know I didn't mind it in this game something about the aesthetic of this game like I kind of want it to be like remastered because I feel like it would actually look good yeah it kind of reminds me of old, some old DOS platformers I used to play as a kid. Like Math Rescue. Yeah, it's got, it's got that European like graphic look to it. Yeah, absolutely. That was my thought. Yeah. I like it. Well, it's I, the the art style is in in very much the same realm as say Yoshi's Yoshi's Story. Oh yeah. Where everything has a black outline and kind of this uh, this pastel like color palette. Cartoon. Wait, you mean Yoshi's Island? It's a cartoon. Course it is, but I don't know. It's also difficult as shit. I mean, I don't think I've ever gotten very far in this game. Yeah, I got as far as level two myself. Like the first, the first couple levels are pretty easy, but like the first boss up between those two giant mouth mutant things. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much where I, I as far as I got. <laughs> yeah, the game's not easy. It doesn't have a continue system at all. You get you get your limited amount of lives, and then you're done. Pretty much. Uh, which is very brutal for a platforming game. Just a, a side-scroller <coughs> like this. Comic zone, man, am I right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great example of... And that, that's, that's something to note, that whenever you get a platforming game that doesn't have the infinite kind of continues uh, once you lose your lives, uh, the exception that I can think of right now is, say, Mario, the very first one on oh, the yeah. NES. Mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers, but that game had the the level skip areas uh, that everyone uses the pipes. Um, what does Plock have? Well, Plock has, I guess, the ten second levels that you can just get done easily and move on. Which, yeah, but you still have to do like hope you survive it because again, those leaps of faith. You throw all your limbs and you can't attack anymore. Well, my my main my main issue with Plock was the jumping mechanic was finicky a lot of the, a lot of the mechanics in general but the life bar system really didn't match to to enemies so when you get hit by an enemy usually in most platforming games it's you know a tick of life but in plock depending on the strength of an em- enemy it'll take x amount of these of of your health bar but there's no way to know and it's not consistent on how much an enemy will do damage to you yeah it's usually a substantial portion right and that's what makes the game even harder is you could get hit one two three times in a row because the hit detection doesn't make you uh or the the hit flash doesn't register you getting hit you can definitely see this when plock himself throws his legs and arms at an enemy and they just disappear mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of um it, the odds are definitely stacked against you in block i would say this yeah. this i i think if this came out two or three years prior then i think it would have been much much more well or much better received because it felt to me something like a pc engine early genesis game not a later end super nintendo title yeah, yeah, I get what Later you mean. Later in, what year did this come out? 
What year was this? Uh, it was 93, and I believe the Super Nintendo came out in 91 or 2. 1. Oh, yeah. That's not later. They were still trying to it figure out. It was in the middle. It was people... in the middle of the of the console. Uh, the yeah, Genesis. They were trying to figure out how to get people to stop renting games. Well, the Genesis was already out for like four years. The PC Engine, a few. That it, it felt like a a console release during that era, not five almost five years later. Oh yeah. It's a good game. I have nostalgia. Stop making fun of my child. The uh, the I like the power ups. They were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say power-ups the power ups cool, were actually. wild. I was like, what is this? So yeah. That's where that's where the game got game got pretty fun because you got like flamethrowers. You got like a, a rocket launcher. Um, wasn't there like a shotgun or something? I yeah, vaguely blunder, remember. Yep. Big blunderbuss. Yeah, like Bloodborne style. <laughs> yeah. And you could also did, did you. Oh, sorry, Colin. You ahead. could also turn into a saw blade and mow down enemies for a short span of time. <laughs> and you could also get a boxing power where your punches just fire out into the distance rather than your limbs coming back to you. And you had infinite ammo for that. Yeah, that's that's where the game was definitely at its strong point. Uh, for sure. But it, but you have to work for those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Maybe if it was a little easier to get those power-ups, the game could have... Like, there, there was just there, there needed to be a lot more refinement to make this a great platformer much yeah. much in the same realm as blinks during its time yeah i agree i think the enemies i found the most annoying were the heads that were disguised as signs that popped out of the ground and spat coconuts at you and i just realized how <laughs> yeah, weird right. that sounds saying it out loud <laughs> <laughs> the easter island heads yeah yeah <laughs> get wrecked <laughs> What did, what did you guys think of the vehicle levels? I don't think I got quite that far. Yeah, I, I didn't get to one because I'm bad at this. <laughs> so there are there are certain levels where you can uh, you can get on a jetpack or a helicopter or what ha- a motorbike or what have you. Uh, the these are this remind th- these levels reminded me of what Earthworm Jim had with the uh, the rocket level going through the wormhole. Oh yeah, those were fun. However, instead of kind of what Earthworm Jim did was it was kind of in that <laughs> forward perspective going through a 3D space while Plock has it, it sticks with its 2D side scrolling but the vehicles just go. You have no control over them. Oh yeah, it's just a shit show. It's like the you rockets. Just, like I, I remember being the helicopter. I'm just bouncing off the ceiling and, and floor over and over again, going through. I felt like I was a bouncy ball going through there. <laughs> well, I have no control over this, and now I'm getting hit. I can't do anything. Uh, <laughs> what's the point of this? The motorcycle. You're just you're just going, and you even fall in the water, and it just keeps going. <laughs> oh jeez. Motorcycles don't need to adhere to the laws of physics like a mortal. <laughs> I'm a motorcycle. It's 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 it's. I think it's a game that had a lot of potential, but it 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 came out too late, and it needed the it needed a lot of that Nintendo polish, you could say. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I like this game, and that's fine. Hey, that's fine. I just don't think it was all that great. <laughs> I mean, you you don't you My nostalgia. You clearly don't like Blinks, and I love it so. It was okay. <laughs> we kind of got a. I don't know if I'd play it again. Kind of got average stars for our first two games. 
3.5 or 2.5. 2.5 out of 5 to start. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Too much water. Can't. All right, Colin. Please what's your what's what, what's the first game we're going to talk about for you? I am going to go with Strider for the Sega Genesis. Now this this is a game I personally never played up to now, but I've been very curious about it because it seems to have a real presence within video gaming history. It sure does. Yeah it it was it originally came out in Japan, originally called Strider Hear You, and started as an arcade game back in 1989, and then after that it got popular and then got ported to a shit ton of platforms. Including mm-hmm. Commodore 64, DOS, Amiga, NES, Super NES, Genesis, and a sh- whole crap ton of others I can't quite think of off the top of my head. Just to name a few. Uh, Super Nintendo? Uh, I don't remember exactly. but <laughs> Super it Nintendo was not listed. Oh. Well, it wouldn't have surprised me if it did. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I want to play that version. <laughs> that cool. There was an NES version, though, that did come out. <laughs> yeah. That can go away. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I, from what my research tells me, the gameplay of it was a big influence on some big name game, modern games like Devil May Cry, God of War, and Ninja Gaiden, which is pretty yes. impressive. But from all that, from all of what I said, what kind of game is it? It's basically a hack and slash platformer, similar to the original Ninja Gaiden and Shinobi, and very fast paced action but admittedly kind of clunky at times. I noticed a lot of similarities uh, with this and Shinobi, for sure. Absolutely. You can definitely tell this used to be an arcade game because it's balls hard with enemies and projectiles coming at you from every which way, and you'll definitely die a lot. Yep. Uh, Who made made this game, and what year uh, did the... Because you particularly particularly wanted us to play the genesis version yeah that's only because uh actually i don't remember what my reasoning was there i just i just picked one because strider is the game mm-hmm. well i think it's the most famous version of this this definitely like, it's the most like loved version probably and it's definitely one of the more superior versions because that was kind of the appeal behind the genesis was hey these are arcade games coming to home console yeah and Strider was definitely that title to bring home. Uh, developer and, and publisher Capcom uh, yeah. being very strong at the time. Uh, this was its first like huge home release hit before Street Fighter Two became became the phenomenon that it was. Yeah. And Hiru, this character, uh, has kind of been lost in time because I remember arcade machines being at bowling alley of of strider growing up but they they were quickly replaced with with the the street fighter 2 and the mortal Kombat. Um, yeah fun, funny story uh, as i was looking for the genesis i thought i found the genesis version i ended up playing the master system version oh yeah which is an arcade home port different from the nes release yeah which i don't understand how you found and that it's mistake. and it's a totally di- well uh i wanted to play i don't have specifically the genesis version so i had to kind of do a workaround you might say <laughs> oh yeah have you heard of emulation no 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 <laughs> never never wouldn't wouldn't do that 
And I go through, <laughs> yeah, I go through, get... I go through that same little program that I do with the master system. Right. You don't want to take money away from Sega from Strider. I get it because they're, you know, they're selling it still. Yeah. So Strider's very much successful. Yeah. So I end up playing the master system version. I'm like, this isn't, this doesn't seem right. Hmm. Uh, and wow, the Genesis version is so much better. It's a totally different game and experience because there's this like Metroidvania kind of feel to it. Yeah. You have to go through the level, get some key cards and then come back while in this, in, in, in this Strider, it doesn't really feel that way at all. Yeah. It's very straightforward. So tell us uh, about because there's there's multiple stages and what you have to do in these stages, Colin. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, there's I only played like the first two levels myself because that's all I really had time for, given my new position and work schedule. But sure, sure. But there's a whole bunch of different things that you can do in it. I mean, as you walk, you basically slash your your main attack is slashing your uh, Tonfa blade. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't really look that way in the game. It just looks like a big crescent slash. And then you yeah, it's fucking awesome. So cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's so metal. <laughs> yeah, it's in like a futuristic setting, and it has a few nods to Star Wars. Basically, you jump, you slash. Sometimes there are some areas you can actually like hang off of and slash, and then you can jump up and do more slashing. You can also climb walls with like your knife. Yep. And so one, uh, a few things the game is famous for is the large sprites and the uh, art style. Yes. And as you said, the game mechanics is what made it so kind of revolutionary at the time with the hanging from ceilings, uh, the, the workarounds with gravity uh, yeah. was was definitely innovative, and the, the, the knife uh, really got into the wall jumping. So yep. it brought it brought that Ninja Gaiden feel, uh, and and kicked it up a notch. Absolutely, it, it made you feel like a super ninja, basically a super future ninja. That's what I felt I was with Strider. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Super future, ninja. super future ninja. You heard me. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm not disagreeing. It just you sound like a dummy. <laughs> but those are things. I mean, fuck you. Fight oh, yeah, you. So fight cool. a saber tooth. Tiger robot and a robot hawk. It's it's almost like Horizon Zero Dawn. I was with just gonna say, yeah, true. <laughs> it's a, it's insane. I mean, we are we are ignoring the best part about this game. Okay, though, and I'm surprised none of you have mentioned yet. Shing shing <laughs> shing 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 shing. That sound when you use your cool saber. Yeah. Oh, the sound effects are great. <laughs> it's so satisfying to be like shing shing. Yeah. Pretty cool. And then the bigger you make your beam as you get stronger, yep. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this isn't compensating for anything. And literally every enemy explodes when you hit them. As all good enemies do. Yeah. <laughs> this game is so metal. And then the fact that, like, you said you fight that tiger. If you see Strider in Marvel's Capcom 2, his ultimate is throwing a bunch of robot tigers <laughs> at enemies, <laughs> which is the most badass thing he could possibly do. For sure. I... I really what what hampers having an even better experience is as you said, Colin. The game the game is balls hard. Yeah, you ha you only have a three point uh, health system. You can only take a few hits. Yeah, Ugh. 
You can get health extensions over the level, just like, say, Shinobi, uh-huh. uh, to extend it. But there's, of course, bottomless pits. You could uh, run out of time on the levels, which actually happened to me a few times. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Uh, once, But once you run out of lives, it's game over, man. Try again. <laughs> it's it, Being that there's only five stages, that was their way of extending the game. Pretty much. Just brutal. And of course, you're against the evil Russians in like 2050 <laughs> or what have you. It's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus, the jumping was a little clunky to me. It was like, you don't have any midair control when you jump. And sometimes it just, you either jump straight Well, up that, that or goes forward. into the, gravi- the gravity manipulation I mentioned earlier in the game. Because, for right. example, uh, even if like you weren't being flipped upside down, you would run down, say, a. Uh, a sloped hill or what have you uh-huh. and you would use the increased speed momentum to jump over longer gaps or what have you or he'd do this wicked cartwheel yeah and there's no there is no midair uh changing just like shinobi yeah for you've sure. committed to the jump absolutely but pretty cool be... overall and i've just looked this I, on that i've just <laughs> looked this up Strider is the youngest ever Super A-ranked member of the Organization of High-Tech Ninja Agents. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> this game is metal. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I want a Strider-Shinobi crossover game. That's what I want. That would be cool. The joke is they're both the same person. <laughs> Shut up don't <laughs> you listen you need to accept facts <laughs> well okay there there was a uh kind of a reboot in 2014 and god damn if they don't look like they're the same character oh yeah yeah they are <laughs> accept it <laughs> so i mean i call great I great game just hard as shit yeah for sure play it again 10 out of 10 <laughs> I would play this again. I, I would uh, I would put this along the lines of hard games you have to play with the Ninja Gaiden and the Ghouls and Ghosts series. Yeah. I also recommend uh, getting this on PS2 if you guys can on the Capcom collection so you could put it in more quarters and just keep playing. <laughs> yeah. Just it's, throwing an idea at yeah. you guys if you want to not cry yeah. yourself to sleep. It definitely, oh, earned, definitely earned its spot in video gaming history. I agree. I, I have no, I have really no, uh, compared to the first two, we finally got a winner here, I think. <laughs> Yay! Woo-hoo! And it, well, and all right. from a game it's... I had never even played, so, go me! Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've never played the, uh, the original, I've only played the NES Strider previously. Oh, yeah? I hadn't <laughs> played the Genesis one, and this, this is a major, this was a major improvement over, over what was released prior. Good to hear. So to review this game, I would like to use the words of late great Daniel Bryan. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, he's still alive. No, he's dead. Shush. He's the general manager of SmackDown. All right. Anyway, he's done wrestling. He's dead. <laughs> okay. My second pick is an interesting one. You guys ready? Ready. It's nope. a Dreamcast title. It came out in two thousand. It's called Super Magnetic Neo, which was actually recommended to me by a friend of mine uh, named uh, named Rad. Oh yeah. Okay. That's not his real name. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's his. That's his Twitter but, name. 
my other uh, good childhood friend, uh, Super Gamer Retro Four Twenty. Uh, that's his birth name. Yes. Okay. <laughs> is that is that what you're going with? I'm just, you know, my my Twitter handle is my birth name. Okay. <laughs> that's not my Twitter handle. Nobody follow me. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys, the guy, the guy is Rad Zero. You can find him on Twitter. He he was the one that recommended me Super Magnetic Neo in the Dreamcast because I'm a I, I love platformers. And I got it. And two things. Uh, one thing happened to me of note during the game. I got a few levels in, about five, and then my Dreamcast refused to read the disc anymore. Oh no! The smart Dreamcast. So I hope it's not the game. I hope it's the laser. Just needs to be adjusted. How is that better? <laughs> because I can just open up the Dreamcast and, and fiddle with the laser a bit, and then I won't have to buy uh, a new game. I thought you meant, like, the Dreamcast was shot. I'm like, well, that sounds shitty. Even buying no, because I could game. still play all my other Dreamcast games. <laughs> okay. Okay, right. I thought I was like, well, that sounds way worse. <laughs> but from what I played, this uh, this is Japanese as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, made, it's developed by uh, Genki. Ah, yeah. It means, like, overly happy in Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Energetic. It, it fits the Energetic, name. Energetic, yes. yeah. Um, Genki was really known for making racing games, uh, such as the Tokyo Extreme Racer series. Oh, yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what they did. I've heard of them. <laughs> uh, a, a, fa- a, pretty, a pretty popular uh, racing series in Japan, at the, at, the, at the very least. They made Moto GP games. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I believe they also developed uh, Jade Cocoon on the PlayStation. Huh. They helped do that. Cool. So they, they, they do have some history with, with games. This is more or less their first little platforming experience. Kind of their only one, actually. Yeah. This game really harvested a lot of mechanics, uh, camera-wise and 3D running and jumping, similar to Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, where you're going up a screen and 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 uh, doing various attacks. Um, and what Neo, our character, is is he has magnetic abilities. So you have uh, a nor. Uh, a north pole and a and a south pole, blue and red, uh, color coordinated. Yeah. And what you what the whole purpose is is to jump and you kill or suck in enemies using the the uh, the opposite uh, polar attack. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of messes with your mind when you have to say go on a tether and you need say the same pole. Or the opposite pole to either repel or attract accordingly. Yeah. This alone makes the game very hard and confusing. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Ikaruga. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, that. it's just like say Ik- Ikaruga. Yeah. That's what. That's what. Yeah. So it was like Crash Bandicoot mixed with that. Cause the platforming itself wasn't too difficult. It wasn't as as demanding as Crash Bandicoot was. But that added element of switching between north and south all the time, that's where the difficulty came in. Because oh, yeah. there was a lot of pits and what have you where I'm just like, okay, north, okay, south. Oh, no, I press north. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although some of the gameplay elements kind of reminded me of kind of, I think they made their way into Sonic Adventure 2. Like the whole grab an object that pulls you forward in a straight line at high speed. That I actually Yes, recognized. we saw a lot, a lot of that later, later. 
in uh, Dreamcast games and and Sega games in general. Yeah, they used a lot of this. And the quirkiness and visual style, it's it really reminded me of Mischief Makers. It's so very, so very oh, yeah. Mischief Makers. And the premise itself is like Mega Man and Sonic all in one. Hmm. I never really made see. I could see that. I guess. Yeah, to an. It's hard because it's like 3D. I'm trying to like make that to an extent in my mind. Yeah. Hmm. My my issue was uh, upon reading that um, even though I only made it five levels in, I was already a fourth of the way through the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I I almost got to the end of the I basically got to the end of the first world and there's only four worlds total. There's a jungle, jungle, an ancient, a cowboy, and a future. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing of note is it's not just ice, forest, uh, volcano, uh, desert. You know, it's it's not just straight. They they it's it's they put a spin on those average worlds. So instead of desert, you I, have everything cowboy. Hmm. Uh, I demand my tropes. <laughs> well, it kind of touches on the tropes, but puts puts something else into it so it's not generic. Um, oh, yeah. Even though a lot of those early level, like there isn't a whole lot to the level other than that small amount of added element. Yeah. Know what I mean? It seemed... It seemed the, the the levels seemed a bit too plain, even though the color palettes were very, had very warm colors. A lot of, a lot of red and blues going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. While I agree, I have to say one thing about this game, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't have a Dreamcast, so don't hate me. This looks like a bad App Store game. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it play it plays a, a lot better than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. yeah, it does. It still looks like a bad app <laughs> By today's standards, maybe. Yeah, I can. I can see that. Yeah, uh, yeah. but it. I don't know. But for its time, it's it looks cool. really solid. Oh yeah, Neo himself controls very tight, which I really appreciated, especially when it. There's so there the the game requires so much uh, finesse in switching between your north and south fields. All the ah, time. Yeah. If it wasn't that tight, the game would have been unplayable. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my one 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 of the favorite things I experienced is uh, in each level there's like a hidden item, and the VMU, the virtual memory unit on the Dreamcast, their memory card that plugs in and shows you a little screen. When you're nearby the hidden item on a level, the the memory card will show you where like that you're near it. It'll ah, signal yeah. to you. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like ding ding ding. Hey, you're right here. It's like oh cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. And neat you use stuff. those. Did and you, you use those items to like build shit in Neo's house. <laughs> <laughs> in between levels. So imagine <laughs> you're Crash Bandicoot and you collect the crystals or what have you in a level, and you go back to like Crash's little hut, if this ah, yeah. existed, and you can like <laughs> yeah. put it put things everywhere. Yeah. Every time I say Neo, I keep thinking of the PS4 game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Boy, you're really you're really harping on that ma- Matrix. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the PS4 game. I said PS4 the, Neo. The other Dark Souls. Yeah, the, the, the thing that's like Dark Souls, but not Dark Souls. Dark Souls in Japan. Yeah, Japan of Souls. Oh, oh, Nio. Yeah. N- Neo. Okay. N I O H. Everyone says it. Uh huh. Yeah, Neo. That's the one. 
So I really enjoyed the game. Uh, I, w- I wish there was a little bit more to it. Um, I think it was a little too Japanese. <laughs> the character was kind of goofy looking. Yeah, kind of. But for a Dreamcast game and a platformer, it's a it's a solid game. I was not expecting it to be. It's an okay game. I think it's above average from what we yeah. played. It's not as good as Strider. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Strider's MVP right now. Seems that way. Yeah, looks that way. All right, well then, uh, moving on to Kevin. Mega Man, super fighting robot, Mega Man... <laughs> We did mention Mega Man earlier. Uh-huh. It's Mega Man X3. It's the, it's a good Mega Man. So yeah. why particularly did you pick X3? Because I beat X1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> I've only beaten X1 myself. Yeah. It's just, I mean... I'm the same way. I've only beaten X1 and 2. Yeah. Here's the thing about picking this once I picked it. Uh, it's... I don't know what to say about it other than you played X1 and 2, right? You want more of that? Okay. Like, I don't know what else to say about X3. That's the issue I have now that I actually played yeah, it. Yeah, as I, as I started it up, I was realizing that I go, oh my god, this is just more of the same. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, yeah. but usually whenever you play a, uh, a game in the Mega Man series, there's always something added to it. Such as uh, Mega Man 2 added the blaster, Mega Man 3 added the, uh, the slide, you know, etc, etc. Yeah. It goes on. What did Mega X3 add? One. It added a real high price tag in the retro market. <laughs> well, sure. That's that's all I got, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like I don't I don't know like I don't know the, the thing is this game is a bad conversation piece for this context because I I don't know what else to say about it that makes it unique from one or two hmm. other than like like because X4 it's the first PlayStation one so you're like oh it's different like you know we're moving in like we got some cinematics. Like, 3 was just like, 3 could have not existed and it would have been okay. Yeah. Well, Capcom had Monokuchi Engineering develop it. Oh, yeah. Who? So it had someone had someone affiliate. Uh, you could actually be Zero, the, the character Zero in X3. That was the first one. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, that was really that... the only thing I, I noticed. And Zero's my favorite Mega Man character, so, I mean, that was cool. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, it didn't feel right. Because, like, in 2, you were kind of, like, getting Zero's parts. Mm-hmm. And he was he was dead, but as we know from all anime and comic deaths, uh, death is nothing. Yeah, uh, sure. Minor inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, especially if you're a mechanic, because then there's really no reason why they can't rebuild you. <laughs> well, this game has a big uh, big animal theme to it. A lot yeah, of the I robot noticed. masters are animal themed. Yep. Yeah, like a saber toothed tiger, an elephant, a gorilla. You got a like a seahorse on a water type level. A buffalo in a snow level. Mm-hmm. I think. A lava level, a forest level, right? Yeah. You got you got to. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I want my tropes. I said that. <laughs> I should probably point out I personally have never really been able to get into the Mega Man games get out (laughs) i mean i see why people love them i mean they're very mechanically solid but for me personally i just found the jumping too heavy and jumping up not being able to shoot up and down kind of killed it for me but all the same i know it's a good series and i know i can tell why people like it it's just 
not my cup of tea personally. Yeah, you get that. No, it's a challenging game. You go through the eight, you go through the eight robot monsters. Uh, monsters. Uh, well, I guess they are monsters in this one, technically. <laughs> technically. Yeah, in a way. Um, You're a monster hunter. Correct? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The original it's monster. A ca- it's a cat. It's a Capcom game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. You go. Yeah, you go through. I mean, the game came out in 1995, which is a lot earlier than you would think it did. By the way, yeah. it looks and and plays and feels, but that's the the polish and solidity of mega man itself x3 just continued where the x series left off in kind of reinventing mega man mega man one x1 and 2 uh well x was the reinvention x2 you had the new uh uh, chip that it was using called the cx4 that made uh made the graphics and kind of this transparency within the game even more crisp and what have you it 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 made a 32-bit version of the game onto a super nintendo basically cool so uh graphically and technically x2 and 3 way better way better than what the super nintendo deserved (laughs) <laughs> I noticed my PS2 disc didn't have any chips in it, though, for this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had the PS2. So you're a liar! I had the PS2 version myself. Yep, I ain't paying the price of this thing. <laughs> Not many people will. Yeah. Since I didn't play... I don't understand why I don't buy the collection! <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Sega Saturn version of this game goes for upwards of $200. Oh, really? X3 was on Saturn? There, Yeah, X3 was released on the PlayStation and Saturn as well. Huh. What? I do like. I don't know if X two had it as well, but I like that with the with X three. There's actual hand drawn animations for each each robot and the intro sequence. And the early two thousand style really took me back. Stuff like Gundam Wing, Outlaw Star, Trigun. You get oh you sure. Name it. The only other retro game I can think of that had full hand-drawn animated sequences was Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Except from that, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this this where we discover Maverick is Wily? I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I Or is it still just Maverick is the bad guy? I mean... I'm gonna be honest with Mega Man games. I'm like, yep, bad guys eat ro- robot masters. Got it. Story, yeah. Yeah. Well, you never really care because it's always the same thing. Defeat the eight masters, then go to yeah. the evil guy's castle. Uh, maybe probably the next step is to defeat two of them in pairs. Uh, over again. Yeah. Then you have the gauntlet at the end mm-hmm. of the game, and then followed by the impossible boss fight. <laughs> Pretty much. Which you will do if you try and try and try. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot to replaying levels and collecting items and power-ups to extend the game, uh, to unlock Zero, to unlock other abilities, uh, utilizing your your little uh, your little dog friend in, in different ways to get to new areas. Uh, that that hasn't changed. Yeah. Mega Man it knows shouldn't. its formula. Pretty much. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. They, Which is they... exactly why they fixed it with Battle.net. <laughs> <laughs> That game was good, right? I didn't play it. 
Is Battle Network good, uh, actually? It's a no, got it. Right, so, Mega Man X3. <laughs> yeah, good game. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a game, all right. Good game, it's very solid. expensive, though. Yeah. It, you could totally skip it if you wanted, though. Nobody would be mad at you. <laughs> all right, Colin, your last pick. My last pick is Aladdin on the Sega Genesis. Another Genesis Aladdin title. Look at you. <laughs> Colin picks the two SNES titles and you pick the two Genesis. Pretty much. And I go yep. to the two two guys in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I picked this one because as a kid, I originally played the PC slash DOS version of it. And I had a lot of fun with it back then. I actually did manage to beat it. And the Genesis mm-hmm. version pretty much plays the same way. You know, the sound and music are just a, a bit different, but... That's sure. to be expected. Now, I really like this one. Everything about it is fairly solid. I mean, the, the character animations are very smooth. They look very close to the movie. And there's all oh, kinds the sprites of... are fantastic in this game. Yeah, um, a lot of detail in them. Virgin Games USA, I believe, did the Genesis version. They developed it, and they did a great job i believe they also did the lion king on the yeah. super nintendo yep yeah yeah i read that somewhere too i believe they did the genesis one as well possibly could be wrong eh. yeah yeah there's all sorts of different details that make this really stand out i mean like every time you lose a life you see aladdin looking all woozy and then abu is fanning him with the carpet mm-hmm. and then he's then aladdin flops back well the uh the developer uh, Virgin Games USA were were affiliated with uh, like Westwood Studios. They they kind of oh, helped yeah? a lot of other studios uh, developers out. Huh. Um, That's cool. 3DO games, Super Nintendo, you name it. They they were they were very much into this time. Oh, uh, yeah. But Aladdin was their their kind of bread and butter for uh, for Sega. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This. This game is fairly simple with its gameplay. It's like your your attacks are basically just swinging a sword and throwing apples. It gets the job done. And if you time your swings right with the sword, you can actually cancel out the sword attack of your enemies and knock knives out of the air, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh yeah. The the the, the game has so much polish, especially for a studio uh as busy as they as they were yeah. with working with so many different systems. Yeah, the controls actually kind of remind me of Earthworm Jim's. Yeah, I can actually check. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they developed an Earthworm Jim game, or they at least they had a hand in it. Hand in it. Let me. Uh, as you keep talking, yes, they did the European Earthworm Earthworm Jim release. Cool. What do you? The only the European one? Yes. Huh. That doesn't. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> well, they they they. I believe they're a European company. Right. And uh, they had the PAL code. Oh, yeah. I remember okay. reading. Hmm. Cool. You know, it's not exactly about this version of the game, but I grew up playing the Game Boy version of this. Uh-huh. And it, just as a side note, Virgin did that too. Huh. And it is impressive how similar it is to this like version of the game. Oh, yeah. Essentially, it's this game, but in black and white. And I'm... As I was playing, I was like, I remember this way too well, but I don't remember playing it on Genesis. <laughs> so if you got like a spare minute, like play the Game Boy version of this. It's 
like almost exactly the same. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, Virgin Virgin Interactive. Uh based in yeah, they're based in the UK. They have a uh they have a studio, a small studio affiliate in California so they can they can uh publish games in the United States and North America. Cool. Uh it did fold it did fold uh basically in 2002. Oh, yeah. uh, which is a real shame because they've made many games over the years and as as you said uh kevin even something like a game boy release was very tight controls good sprites on screen gameplay was just solid solid all around yeah for sure although the so i noticed the platforming could be kind of finicky at times like in the Sultan's Dungeon, you're trying to get up some extending and retracting platforms. Mm-hmm. And I ended up raging a couple of times because I clearly landed on an extended platform, but he just goes right through it. So that that is one one note I would also like is for they they never seem to get down. Uh, and you saw this in Lion King. I experienced it in Earthworm Jim a few times was. No, not Earthworm Jim. I, it was Lion King and... What other game am I thinking of here? Toy Story. I think <laughs> Chuck and Rock. I just Chuck and don't Rock. know if I've heard of that one. I believe Chuck and Rock. Where whenever there's, Rock. whenever there's a platform, if you don't, ju- if you don't have both of the sprites' feet uh, on the platform, then you'll go through it. That's hmm. real dumb. That was very consistent in a lot of their games I've experienced. Oh, so, yeah. as Colin mentioned, whenever you're uh, you're going up those platforms, if you don't have both your feet on it, you will fall through it, and that's that's definitely ragey. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. I don't know if I noticed that now. I have to go back and play mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, but that aside, it's, it's definitely one of the better movie video games ever made. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a low bar, but <laughs> it's worth noting. Uh, so Super Nintendo or Genesis version, everybody? <laughs> well, this particular version of Aladdin is the third best-selling Genesis game. Oh, yeah? Really? Wow. Yeah. That's odd. I wouldn't expect that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Things I learned today. Yeah, go figure. I didn't, <laughs> There's I, actually a really... F- that just seems weird. I can't comprehend that, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually that's, that's how great the game turned out to be and how loved it was disney sells yeah aladdin was very hot at the time oh for sure (laughs) you you put it you put a a good game with with a disney property that thing's gonna sell like hotcakes and it it certainly did even got good reviews and i totally i totally know why every level it's the it's it's all you're playing the movie pretty much do hotcakes even sell anymore i mean uh, even (laughs) something as hard and rage inducing as the magic carpet level going through the uh Going through the um, uh, what what do you what do you call it the uh, the Sphinx Cave of Wonders the the, the yeah yeah the the Cave of Wonders yeah and all the all the lava flows are are exploding up through the volcanic activity oh yeah uh, you got the epic music playing you're going yeah. through the magic carpet yeah but, I hell really yeah like the soundtrack all about that <laughs> yeah it was a really good really good game hey I really like how in the Sultan's dungeon level. 
there's that you can actually see Sebastian from the Little Mermaid shackled to the wall at one point. Really, it's really funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can. And some of the skeletons oh, are wow. wearing Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> yep, the Mickey Mouse ears in the desert. Yeah. Well, that's all the desert. That's not a good description. I'm I'm as successful as this game is, and how how solid and tight the the controls are, minus the platforming. Um major platforming flaw there's yeah. no doubt about that uh there was never a sequel released it was only discussed and talked about and disney just said nah don't do it yeah. well they didn't have it in a second aladdin movie yeah they did they... but <laughs> love the long pause there well <laughs> return of jafar is the best one of the trilogy <laughs> <laughs> There was even a number of ports that were that were supposed to come out, such as the Sega CD version, but it was it was just never started. Gee, I wonder why. Because <laughs> <laughs> Return of Jafar, it was just too good for us to comprehend. I get it. There was <laughs> even an NES version of this release, and I can't imagine that can be that can't that I, I that can't be as good. It can't be. Sure, it can. The Game Boy one was fine. I wouldn't really know. I have faith. You need to believe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the NES would would be able to handle the amount of detail on screen or and and keep up with the controls. I think there would be too much flicker involved. Because that oh, was the yeah. other thing. This game just performed like butter. Yeah, absolutely. It was very smooth. Never flicker. Never uh, a jerk of the screen. Um, it was it was just constantly panning the whole time. It, it was like it was bl- blast processing or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. Because even in Mega Man X3, going screen to screen still has that pause of the screen and moving down, while Aladdin was always a seamless scroll, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a good game. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, uh, Colin, you were, uh, you were two for two. <laughs> but we kind of we kind of knew Aladdin was a good game. Just... Kind of excuse to go back and play it, I suppose. Pretty much. But had had Kevin had you you you'd had to have played this game pr- prior, right? Oh yeah, yeah. What about you, Colin? The well, like I said, I played the the DOS version of it as a kid, which is and never and never dabbled in the Genesis. No, nah, I didn't have a Genesis growing up. There you go. Well, then perfect excuse. No wonder you picked it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty don't much. Play games. Everyone knows that. PCs are for taxes. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll go through uh, the games we played again, and then we can pick our favorite and least favorite. So my two picks were Super Magnetic Neo on the Dreamcast, Blinks mm-hmm. the Time Sweeper on the Xbox, Kevin picked Mega Man X3 on the Super Nintendo, and Plock on the Super Nintendo. That was a game. Hell yeah. <laughs> And Colin picked Strider on the Genesis and Aladdin on the Genesis. Kevin, what was your favorite and least favorite? I know he said there's nothing much to it, but I love Mega Man, so I'm still going with X3. Okay. So, still a favorite, even though it's not a good conversation piece. Least favorite is... Uh, I don't know, these are all pretty good. Super Neo thing? Magnetic Neo. Super Magnetic Neo. <laughs> yeah. Not a Dreamcast guy. <laughs> Nothing about Dreamcast guys, just 
I mean, none of these are bad, but something's got to be at the bottom. Something's right? got yeah. That's unfortunate too. I, I, let's just say it's six the best. <laughs> six best. Okay, fair enough, Colin. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think. I think my favorite would probably be Aladdin, although Blinks is kind of a second, my second pick. Oh wait, shit! Blinks is bad. And my least, <laughs> my least favorite would probably be Plock. Oh, just didn't really gel oh, with me. Oh, you're just hurting on Kevin's Kevin's <laughs> feels there. Yeah. Sorry, man. Them's the breaks. Them's the breaks. Oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> My my favorite would have to be Strider on the Genesis. The least favorite, I am with Colin on this in Plock on the Super <laughs> Nintendo. Y'all suck. <laughs> Ain't it? Plock is better than Blake's. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. I I quit this podcast. <laughs> Fine, go. We can handle it ourselves. Just look at our previous episode. Ooh, <laughs> we got some shit talk going now. <laughs> Did you play Lake's Awakening? Uh, yeah, a while ago. It was pretty good. <laughs> Did you put yourself through the ooze or Shadowrun? No, I didn't play the ooze because I thought that meant like I got this ooze coming out and I thought you guys were talking about some like problem you had and you should go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. This was a lot of fun. This was episode 17. Uh, I think... We we got we got something at least planned for the next episode. I won't reveal it quite yet because it's not set in stone. Okay. Uh, but thank you, everyone. Kevin, closing thoughts. Plock is better than Blinks. Colin, closing thoughts. Eh. This was fun. Good. <laughs> Alrighty, we will see you guys in the next one. Ciao. The beatbox out the outro. <laughs> you better use plot music for the outro. <laughs>